What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Thank you so much for tuning in to the Big Honker Podcast. Listen, we've got some amazing sponsors, and uh, there's some promo codes in there that are active right now. You can save a little bit of money with certain sponsors, so be listening for those. And you need to go subscribe to our YouTube channel, the Big Honker Podcast. It's on YouTube. Every episode that we do here gets uploaded to there. Uh, you can watch all the craziness unfold. Also, our series, The First Family Waterfowl, it is all uh, on, on our YouTube channel. So go check it out. Head over to YouTube, Big Honker Podcast, easy to find. Get subscribed so you don't miss anything. Okay, here we go, folks. If you're going to go hunt ducks, any kind of waterfowl, you're hunting dove, you might as well be shooting the best. Shoot boss. Go unleaded, folks. Boss is the way at bossshotshells.com. Reach out to the mad scientist over there. They've got it going on. It's the best stuff in the world. I've been waterfowl hunting for basically 50 years now, probably 47 to be exact. 47 years, it's like I'm going back in time because when you hit them with boss, it's like shooting lead back in 1974. So anyways, go check them out at bossshotshells.com. Also, go check out Dive Bomb Industries for all of your silhouette needs. Uh, I got this question a lot. How many do it? What's the minimum amount of silhouettes that I need to have a successful hunt? If you're hunting lesser specs, it's 50 dozen. That's the number. Dive Bomb has made it extremely cost efficient to have a lot of decoys and they pack up nice and neat. You always got to get the bags, keep your trailer looking clean, looking fresh all season long. Uh, you can't go wrong with anything that dive bombs. What's, sells. what's dive bombs? What's it run for five dozen? Uh, 350. Three they might've gone up. Might be let's, like say let's say it's $400. For, for so, so you're going to need $4,000 for $4,000 for your buddies can chip in. Everybody throws in a thousand dollars and you got a lesser spread. To rival anybody else's works perfect. It's easy to put up. It's easy to store. No problem at all. It's divebombindustries.com. And check out their floaters if you hunt a lot of ponds. So go check out the boys at Pacific Custom Calls. They have made my favorite call in the entire planet, the BA Lesser Call. It is a screamer. It feels good in my hand, and it rips. So they've also got a promo code. If you want to save a little bit of money, which who doesn't, Use the promo code BHP25. You can save 25% off at checkout. They've got the best duck call on the market with the PCD, and uh, their spec calls are out of this world. They have two spec calls that you can choose from. The 530, which is one that I really like, and they also brought, they launched a brand new speckle belly call, the BBS. It's a board out speckle belly call. It is easy to run, and it sounds phenomenal. So check them out, pacificcustomcalls.com. You can look them up on Instagram, Pacific Calls, and use that promo code. It's there for a reason. BHP25. Also, check out the boys over at or the man over at Gun Dog Outdoors, Mr. Alex Langbell. Alex is in Canada shooting the piss out of the oh birds my, at me right he's now. He's wearing my speckle bellies out. There's not going to be any specs down here this year. He's going to he's he'll have killed them all. But you need the field trauma kit in your pickup truck and in your blind bag. It's got everything that you need to stitch a wound, stop some bleeding. Alex is a retired first responder, so. Everything in the field trauma kit is what you're going to need. Also, I like the quick release system. I latch Lou in, and it's got just a little pulley. Whenever I'm ready to send him, pull that off of him, and away he goes. And then when he comes back, just hook him back up. Keeps him safe and out of the line of fire. So if you've got a dog that breaks, or even if you have a dog that doesn't break, and you want to prevent an accident from happening, check out the quick release system. He's also got check cords. He's got uh, food and water bowls. He's got it all. So check them out, Gundog Outdoors. And we're brought to you by Jeff Stanfield Approved Shin Gear Waders. I'll just let you take this one, Jeff. I busted out the waders this time for the first time in probably 20 years, 25 years. 
I've never seen you in waders, so been that long. Twenty five over twenty five years. Most comfortable waders I've ever worn for sure in my life. The thing that was the comfort was the easy to get in and easy to get out. Nothing worse than putting on a pair of waders. I'm telling you right now, especially if you've got a, a belly. If you got a little muffin top going on, little, waders little are pooch. a pooch. Well, even a big pooch. Waders, the bigger the pooch, the harder it is to get them on. Pain in the ass to put off and on. These got a zipper on them. I mean, whoever's ever thought about putting a zipper in damn waders? You unzip them, you put them on, you zip it back up. The boots get on perfect. When you get done, you zip it down a little bit and you just kind of push the boot and they come right off. The best, most comfortable waders on the market. It's a once in a lifetime investment. You buy them once, you don't ever have to buy them another pair the rest of your life at shingearwaders.com. Because they have a guarantee that they will stand behind their product for as long as you stand in them. So if you put a hole in it, you send them back, they fix it and send it right back to you. So customer service is unmatched. Also brought to you by the boys over at Lucky Duck. And the ladies, I guess I should say, too. i got to quit saying just the guys. Yeah, there's a lot know, of women out there. A little, little chauvinistic. It's dove season here in Texas. It is teal season here in Texas. And uh, let me tell you, they got spinners for everything. Uh, dove, duck, uh, they got goose flappers, which are good for later in the year. Uh, but right now we're focusing on dove. And I tell you what, six, seven of those dove spinners out there, and they, they, the dove will commit like ducks. It is fa- it's fascinating to watch. Um, they've also got one of the best blinds on the market, the two by four blind. Um, if you're a predator hunter, they've got stuff for you, uh, as far as e-collars and stuff. So kind of, uh, they got, they got a wide variety of, of things that you can buy. So you should check them out at luckyduck.com. And if you're needing motion of some sort, and my favorite product of 2022 is the Lucky Duck Swimmer HDI. You put it on the water and it looks like a duck swimming in your decoys. So, unrivaled motion got a good looking wake on it and it looks fantastic i cannot wait to use it this year that is at luckyduck.com also brought to you by logan and rebel over at looking glass duck club podcast all you got to do is go to their patreon type in the looking glass podcast donate to their patreon account and you will have access to their entire library and we have a giveaway going on with them and details to follow uh it's going to be for a a three man three a three-man goose hunt Three-day goose hunt, six-man. Six-man, so, three days goose hunt, lodge and meals come in on Sunday, leave on Wednesday, get a hangout with Logan Pitt, the legend himself, Mr. Oakland Raider, Las Vegas Raider, Mr. Owen 2 Raider, as a matter of fact, at that deal at this him time. Him and I are big Raiders fans. They're big Raiders fans, big, big, big Raiders fans. So check them out at Looking Glass Duck Club Just go to, go to their Patreon, and it'll just type in their podcast, and away you go. And if you want to be comfortable this hunting season – Need to do it in the Stanfield stool made by Alpha Outdoor Industries. And they've also got a blind caddy coming up for your favorite two by four blinds. There you go. It'll hook onto your A frame blind and then you can keep all of your stuff uh, right there in front of you. The Stanfield stool is phenomenal. These guys are a machine shop. So if you've got an idea for a product that you think that the waterfowl world needs to see, I highly suggest that you get a hold of them and they can mock up whatever uh, crazy idea you might have. So uh, the Stanfield Stool, can't wait to use it. Also, we're brought to you by Bangtail Whiskey. Mr. Brandon Bing, uh, he has crafted a delicious taste in whiskey along with making some outstanding music. Uh, Bangtail Whiskey is not for the faint of heart. Bangtail embodies the select few who believe in hard work and relish in the opportunity to take a step back to enjoy the fruits of their labor. Whether relaxing for a midweek swaller or communing on the weekend with quality people, Bangtail is sure to provide a truly unique and tasteful experience time and time again. With deep southern roots, Bangtail provides a first-class, handcrafted whiskey experience. Pour a jigger of Bangtail and enjoy. 
Must be 21 years or older. Brought to you by our good friends at Stanfield Hunting Outfitters. If you need a hunt, camping trip, <laughs> buy a canoe, go to Stanfield Hunting Outfitters. No, seriously, folks. Stanfield Hunting Outfitters. Me and Tony started this business 30 years ago. Proud to be in the business 30 years. Proud to be at Knox and Haskell County, Texas. If you're looking for a waterfowl hunt, I do have the week before Thanksgiving, I have an opening on Monday, Tuesday, the days before Thanksgiving, and I think I have Those the, are primo dates, oh, by the way. Premium days. And I and I have a couple of days still. I have the week before Christmas, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday before Christmas. I have room for one spot. So anyways, both of those dates, six people, private party. We can shoot geese, ducks, cranes, anything you want to do, lodging meals, pheasants, wild hogs. Uh, not even we, do a domestic hog, I guess, if you wanted one. Anyways, give us a call, 940-658-3172 at Stanfield Hunting Outfitters. And every morning at Stanfield Hunting Outfitters, we start off with dirty duck coffee. If your coffee's not the duck, it's going to suck. The Missouri Boat Ride Blend, a little bit of high velocity, gets me going every single morning out here. It's what I fill my thermos up with on those nice cold mornings in the blind. Check them out, dirtyduckcoffee.com. They've also got Instagram. They make fantastic premium roast coffee, and they've actually got a little contest going on right now so uh check out their instagram for details on it but yeah you go to their website you can order coffee ship straight to your door and it's delicious um i really 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 enjoy the missouri boat ride blend and i had sons up guns up one another one of their roasts at game fair and it was delicious also so you cannot go wrong no matter what you get from dirty duck coffee and we're brought to you by double t british kennels folks if you need a started dog you need a puppy you need your dog trained you need to call it Double T British Kennels. We had a British lab work here one time. Rhea, my dad brought it here in 1987, 88. As good a dog as I've ever been when it comes to be the disposition that they use, the looks, the drive, the smarts. You need to check out Corey and them at Double T British Kennels. Good looking dogs. Uh, they've got a stud, stud dog there. So um, check them out if you're needing a, a dog for this coming waterfowl season. They have dogs of every age and every level of training and uh, different ages. So you want a puppy, they got it. You want to start a dog, they got it definitely. So Double T British Kennels. Last but not least, we are brought to you by Ducks Unlimited. For 85 years, they have been putting ducks back into the sky for waterfowlers. Um, 80 cents out of every dollar goes back into wetlands and uh, wetland conservation and ducks. So they put uh, they put their money where their mouth is, and you don't have to worry about your dollars not going to uh, what you think they are. They're a great organization at Ducks Unlimited, and we are proud to be associated with them. I hope that you would uh, become a Ducks Unlimited member or go to one of the uh, shows that they have coming up. Spend a little bit of money with them. It puts more ducks back in the sky for us. If you go to the duck factories anywhere in the United States and Canada, and you see where the ducks are making ducks, making whoopee and sending little baby ducks down the way. Everywhere you go, there'll be a DU head sticker everywhere you go. And when you see that duck head, you know exactly what it is. It'll be a DU facility, uh, conservation area, duck factory, whatever you want to call it. That's Ducks Unlimited. Check them out at, is it DucksUnlimited.org? Uh, I think it's Ducks.org. Ducks.org. Type in Ducks Unlimited into your search engine and they'll come up. I promise.
Three, two, one. Boom, and welcome to the Big Honker Podcast brought to you by Hunt Proof. I'm Jeff Stanfield with the world-famous Andy Shaver. We're getting all this shit ready, and then who'd had their mic behind their computer? Me. I hate these new mics. It would have been the same regardless. No, I just don't like this as much. It's just harder. The arm's different. It's just fucked up. You like my new shin gear vest? Yeah, it looks nice. This bitch is sweet. You like the olive one or the black one? Uh, 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 they look, but they both look sharp. The black one's more thinning for a fat guy like me. It That's is. why I wear one. A little it skinny is. guy like you, Cameron, across from us from Oklahoma. Cameron Miller is with us, our guest today. He's from, are you from El Reno? Yes. El Reno, Oklahoma. That's where my dad was born. Really? Yep. The great Ron Stanfield. Did you see the sign outside of town? Nope. Birthplace of Ron Stanfield. That's the same in Lexington to Missouri where I'm at. I won't go back there until they put a sign that says birthplace of Jeff Stanfield. I bet the uh, the hospital that he was born at, they just tore it down. Could be. I can't ask him. I was going to ask him <laughs> a question today. Blake called me about some pheasant questions and said, I'll ask What was Dad. that question? Because Blake texted me yesterday, said, hey, can I ask you a question? I said, of course. And he said, it's a pheasant question. I said, okay. And that was it. Okay. The question was, him and Alex are doing some a family pheasant hunt this weekend. Okay. The drought is so bad that they're buying some pheasants from a friend of theirs to put out for their family hunt. Okay. I hope Blake's family knew that these are release <laughs> birds are shooting now. But anyways, he asked me questions about uh, releasing them, how they got them to come back. I, I told him, I said, I don't know much about it. I'll ask Dad when I get the lodge, except I can't do that. And I was going to have you call Dad. But if you're going to call my dad, you might as well call your dad because right. we're in the same place. But yeah. anyways, um, I think there's callback pins. I said, I knew Dad used to put some traps down by the pheasant pen and the pheasants would come back at night and sometimes we'd trap some pheasants that got out so he's wanting to like shoot them recycle saturday them. and then shoot them so he's only wanting to do this once <laughs> yeah he's wanting to recycle them so when they come back and they can shoot them again i guess but right anyways we talked about pheasants that was i think just that a takes question. more than a couple of days like I, I think you gotta get them accustomed to going to a location and then maybe yeah well i asked him back. i go well, are you gonna try to sell some hunts these he said no i said well, why don't you just shoot wild birds he said we don't have any wild birds right. it's really bad up in nebraska lots of prayers to them people uh, I feel bad because I didn't realize um, people were messaging Blake. I guess he lost it. You know, he lost his bow. I said that on the do's and don'ts and now everybody's making fun of poor Blake. He got all these messages from people making fun of the kid. Well, I've had a lot of people make fun of you and my messages. You know, it's that funny. Quite, that is quite the topic we have touched on. It really is. The public hunting, the do's and don'ts. You know, it's interesting. Um, I read the comment thread. Mm-hmm. There was people on your side on the comment a thread, though. A lot of though. people on my yes, side. Yes, there, there was. There, there was on that, and it showed you people stick together. You just can't <laughs> be wrong. Assholes stick together. Yeah. I didn't say that because some of people are pretty nice. Shanahan is in the asshole category. I like why I like Trevor. He's himself all the time. And I'm an asshole in real life and on the deal, so we work out real well. Right. But people have really – one guy messaged me, and he said, I tell you what, I was so fucking pissed off at Andy. He said, I was about ready to call him up. And he said, then he said, you know, someone's got to play the shield sometimes, and it made kind of sense. I'm the heel. Yeah. On the, the hill, you take the he takes the low hanging fruit. I don't know why people don't understand that. Like, I understand that you guys have to have both sides, but right. people take shit way too seriously, way too literally. Like, yeah. but, and, and and the reason people like Jeff is Jeff takes the low hanging fruit. He takes the he takes the side the of, easy of, topics. Of, yeah, he's any no. topic that we talk about. Jeff takes the layup side. No, he's like, I take my side of it. That's the way I feel. I've yet to get on here and argue for a side I don't believe in. But you always talk first, so there's no side for me to take. All right, we're going to talk about this right now. Okay. Do you think it's it's wrong to date your friend's ex-wife? You go first. Your friend's ex-wife? Yes. How close friends are we? Best buds? It doesn't matter. Best buds? Just... I would advise against it. Okay. 
right. I think it's completely fine. No, I don't. I don't. I don't think that. I think you should. Do you think it's okay to date sisters? See, I think I that's. Don't. I think that's no big deal. Or best friends. If you date a girl and her best friend, Ashton, I want to ask you a question. Or oh, you're not going to be on here. You don't want to talk. You're shy. Do you think, Ashton, since you're here, you can nod yes or no. Yes. Are you? Do you think it's okay for a guy to date your best friend if he dated you? That's a no. That's right, but that's between you and her. That ain't got nothing to do with him. That's, that ain't got you're out to do of with it. Us. That's exactly right. Yeah. That's right. their problem, and that's, not ours. That was what somebody's that's what somebody's stance was with the friends hunting your spot. If you're pissed off that your friend hunted your spot, you needed a better friend. That part I agree with 100%. And that's why I still can't stand that Ichabod Crane-looking motherfucker from way back. But that was a you problem. That, you shouldn't have trusted no, him. No, I shouldn't have trusted my buddy who brought along this goofy son of a bitch. But you, you're, you're right. You're, you're too many degrees of separation. I was here. mad at myself as much as I was wanting to kill that fucker. Right. You, but you don't do that to friends. Same as if, if if you're friends with someone and him and his wife get divorced and she's smoking hot and got a lot of money and, you know, then you still shouldn't date her probably. So Antonio Brown, even though he was friends with uh, Tom, should not date Giselle? I'd stay away from that witch. And I mean witch in the literal sense, because I think the witch burns bushes and throws chicken bones in a corner. Well, Antonio, Antonio Brown, I mean, he ain't much better. This son bitch is crazy. <laughs> yes, he is. He, yeah, could you imagine those two together? Like, what would you get there? Right, you'd get some, does, guy, some guy with the big schlong. He like. does have a hose on him. It was yeah. blurred out, so I mean, you know. But it was a big blur job. It was a, yeah. big, it was a big blur job. Mine's two little pixels on my dirt, my yeah, blur out deal. This is a whole page. Yeah, yeah so we, like, don't, we don't have that problem, Jeff. No, no. You're looking for the part. You're like, where did they blur it out? And it's like, is it in the water? Like, I I'm 100% white man below the waist. So, yeah, me and you both. Yeah. But I was happy to see, like, because when that, when that thread got posted, it was, back, it was all day. People calling me piece of shit and all this other stuff, which is always fun. It's always a fun part of the show whenever things like that happen. Your mom took up for you again, though. Um, so anyway, after, after being badgered all day long, I quit. I, tur- I turned my phone off. I didn't even look at it. Um, I feel like that'd be the worst part is dealing with all the, the bullshit just, that just, people send you. It's not. There's a whole lot worse you, shit in the because world. Because you take the easy side. You never have people talking have about people, how much they hate you. I have people. No, nobody says they hate you. Yes, I get that a lot. That you're, they hate you? That they hate my guts. Yes, it is. It is. Do they still listen every week? I don't know, but it's it's bad. The people hate your yeah, guts. They do, they do not like me at all. Yeah, especially <laughs> when he calls... Uh, Calls the tumbleweeds Texas size. Texas size, yeah, just people fucking hate me. It's funny, though, when we go to these events, people always want to get their picture made in your autograph. So there's some people out there that don't hate you. No, everybody likes you, like I said, because you take the easy side of no, things. No, it's because I'm just a lovable talk, person. You talk, for, and that's another thing. So there is no there's no scripting anything that we do here. Like right. today, you're like, what are we going to talk about? And I'm like, I don't know. So like when we did the do's and don'ts, we, we kind of had an outline, but it's not choreographed in the way that Jeff's going to take this side, I'm going to be the anti. But in saying that, I also have to think about, well, like, this is going to be boring if him and I agree on everything. So let me try to think outside of the box and come up with an argument why it would be okay to hunt But you really spot. believe that, though. That's not a choreographed deal. We agreed on a lot of stuff on the do's I and agreed don'ts. that there were shades of gray. If, if, if you've hunted it one time with your buddy and you went back there the next day, that's probably a dickhead move. But if this is something that you and your buddy have gone to over the course of a season, it becomes your spot after a while. Like he can't just say for the infinite for infinity, this is my spot because I took you here. What if we've gone here for three years? What if, like there are shades of gray. Okay. And 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 that's the part that people have a hard time agreeing with. Is like, yes, I would agree. One time and then you're back there the next day with your group of friends, 
That's not right. That, and, and I would have a I would have a problem with that. But if I take somebody there repeatedly and then they go back, it's kind of expected. Okay. But there's a lot of things on the do's and don'ts we agree on. This was the only thing we didn't both agree on. Was it? But I agreed to an extent. No, but not but I don't, I, I'm not I'm not all the way into oh yeah, he you found it that's no, yours. But you forever. said that that you always take the opposite side or always take the low freaking fruit. We agree Sometimes on everything Sometimes I else. do. Okay. Sometimes I, I will take the opposite side just so that we can have a dialogue. But okay. would you want to flip this script? I'll play I'll play skip this no, week. No, no, okay. No, I'll find fine. something we'll it's talk fine. about. No, we, you, we have established our roles here. I'm the heel, you're the baby face, yeah. and that's fine. It's worked this long. Baby I, face. I've, yeah, that's I've, neat. you know, I just I, I just quit reading. As soon as I saw a comment come in in my message request, I was like, I ain't reading that motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. I know that is going to be hateful. Yeah, that so, is not going to be something you want to read. Now, Ashton, I can't, you're sitting at the table, so I'm going to ask you a question again. Do you listen to the podcast? Yeah. Okay. Who do you like more, me or Andy? Mm, I don't know. See? Pretty equal, honestly. There you go. See, I think people like us equally. <laughs> she's sitting closer to me, so she's, she feels obligated to say that. No. <laughs> Andy's the young, good-looking one on here. I'm the smart old guy. That's how we come off, right? And, and then people don't like my political views because I, I Your have political the, views are not much different than mine, though. But I have the ability to see where the other side might be coming from. Now, I think that's where I think that's where a lot of the hatred comes from. Is I'm able to put myself in other people's shoes and see why something would make sense to somebody else. Is this getting so bad that you're hurting your feelings that we're going to have to find a new co-host now? Uh, well, here's the thing: is like, why is this not switching? Um, that's because you're doing it. Yeah, exactly. More reason to hate me. I couldn't get it going. Um, no, it's not. I just, I've realized to just not look at it. Just post and ghost. If I'm going to post something, just don't even look at the comments. Don't look at my inbox. And You know, it's funny, though. I look on Instagram the so other day. So if people, if, if you have sent me a nice message and I've not gotten back to you, this is why. I noticed the other day, three famous people that are in the waterfowl industry. I'm going to call them pseudo-famous. I don't know if they're famous or not. I'm turn on that air. I, their, their Instagram come up, and I look, and I thought, hmm. Every one of them followed Andy. Not one of them followed me. See there? Yeah. You know? So so Andy's the more famous and the more likable guy. That's what they like him. Well, what really blows my mind is the video that he posted with his kids and, and showing them how to clean birds, and he was getting shit for that. There you go. That's just the way it is. That is, that is being, when you're, when you're kind of famous, people do that shit. That now, is Andy's not bullshit. as famous as like I am when we're on vacation and someone takes your picture in a multi-billion dollar mansion because they wanted to be a picture with me. So see there, Andy? I can be famous too, but that's right. But Andy caught Andy caught shit over doing something, being a good dad. Yeah, people don't like good dads. Well, I mean, and you think about it, everybody out there now is like, well, kids don't want to fucking do anything. They, you know, they just want to sit inside, play video games, not do shit. And then you got somebody like Andy that is taking his kids out to do that kind of shit, and then he gets repercussions and from it. Kids will do whatever they're taught. I mean, kids don't know shit. They're going to do whatever behavior is allowed and expected of them. And if you don't expect anything out of your kid, and if you don't expect them to be a contributing member of society, they're not going to be. Right. They, they, they have to be taught a lot. And I didn't realize, until I had kids, I didn't realize how fucking dumb they were. <laughs> well, my, my mom's a kindergarten teacher, so I've got... There yeah, you go. yeah, yeah. But I mean, and 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 I like, likes him. your kids a dumb fuck. And get, most kids are, and, no, getting, seriously. and getting involved in like coaching kids sports and stuff. It's amazing. And like, why should they know? Why should they know the nuances of base? I co- I coached kid baseball this last year. I wasn't a big baseball player, but I played catcher, so I knew how the game worked. You were a good baseball player. Well, and then like you try to explain things, and you're like, 
Why don't you know that? Right. And you think it's common sense and right. you're like, okay, what the fuck is wrong with you? Just like you honey, know? just like when we were talking about the do's and don'ts and we were talking you pick up your trash. Yeah. I can't I couldn't believe that that was that right. common. Like when we were like, you know, what do you want to see on, on a public land, blah, blah, blah. And everybody uh, there were a lot of comments that were like, Oh, you gotta tell people to pick up the trash. So well, we how don't, how don't they know that? We had an instance last year we two of us had permission on the same field. Okay, no problem. We communicated about it, whatever. And they the guys went out there and they fucking destroyed this field. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just rained. They drove like four pickups in there, all pulling trailers. Yeah. Rutted it up and they left every piece of trash on that property. Did, did they that, get a come do they get to come back to it now? No, no, they no, nobody, nobody can. To, yeah. Nobody hunts it. They ruined it for everybody. Yep. Right. There's so, just bags like it everywhere. That's, that's, why North, that's why North Dakota is getting ruined, and that's why more farmers in North Dakota are posting no hunting. It's because these Canada. assholes yeah. come from the south. Me, you know, we we did a good job of picking up after ourselves, but people come up there, and like you said, it'll it'll have just rained, and they'll drive all over this thing and leave ruts in it, and then they post it the next year, no hunting, and they don't let anybody hunt. Yeah, and it ruins it for everybody. everybody. It's not just them. Mm-mm. But then the problem is they go to the next guy, right? They do the same shit. Yep. It's all about now. Yeah. The, 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 the instant gratification right now. Right. And it's not just young people. There's some old fuckers up like that guy that hunted that land on mine that time. Yeah. You know, there's some old fuckers out there that are, they have no morals and they have no respect. I want to get back to Andy being a dad now before we talk about this. Andy's a really good dad. Very good dad. Him and Jesse are good parents. Kids and when go, I said your my kids, kids go to church. When I said your kid's a dumb fuck, like I was including mine too. Like he doesn't have. Andy, you already said it. You can't take this back. This is the things that you say that people don't like you <laughs> okay. because of that. Okay. As someone, you said you didn't play, you wasn't much of a baseball. You were a good baseball player. But who played catch with you all the time? You. That's right. Right. Because you had someone that taught you how to do stuff and do it that way, and you're doing it with your kids. Mm-hmm. You have to teach your kids to do stuff. Right. Reese likes to play video games. But he, Reese wants to do anything his dad includes him in. Right. Like y'all putting Legos together. I got Andy good. I bought, we bought Reese like a 15,000-piece Lego deal for Christmas or for his birthday the other day. <laughs> That was me laughing. That was me laughing on the inside because I know it's going to be all them. over the fucking house. They are, and we've already told him. Like, listen, if you <laughs> we've we've gave we've given him a designated area. This is where you can do your Legos, and if they leave this area, you have you cannot gripe when you lose a Lego. If you take it from here to the living room or from your living room to your bedroom, and you lose something in transit, you're going to wake sorry. up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom and step on one hundred percent. 100%. No, the little brother is one that's going to take a piece off and it's going to piss yeah. the big brother off. Yeah. Well, and the he, little brother's evil. He did it already. See? Jameson didn't do it, but <laughs> Reese brought it to the living room. He was going to he was going to play Legos and get ready in the morning and watch TV. Lou was outside at the time. Lou oh, comes back shit. in and Lou's tail just swipes it. We have that problem too. Throws it. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Every lab. So we have three. Oh my goodness. And one of them, my little black lab, she's a bitch. Mm-hmm. I mean, Ashton made a... Uh, a dozen cupcakes the other day. She went to go take a shower. She left them on the stove to cool down. <laughs> and Maggie got on there and ate eight out of the 12 <laughs> fucking cupcakes that she had just made. At least she shared. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> she left you four. We, uh, somebody, we, oh, I bought crumble cookie. Have y'all had crumble cookie yet? Okay. If you go to Wichita Falls. Are we going to give a plug to these people now? They if, don't give us shit. If you go to Wichita Falls. Here we go. Crumble cookie's the way to go. And, and they're all over. Abilene. They are well. They're in El Reno, so like they're more likely to go Wichita Falls. One minute Mike got it's what we sent when one minute Mike had his baby, Logan. Oh yeah, um, they're delicious. Anyway, my wife loves them, and uh, we bought some, left them on the counter, and he ate every single one of them before we could get to it. No shit. Oh, fuck. when was this? It was a month or so ago. Yeah, Andy. Then this is this is how it works in the Stanfield clan. 
Shell goes to town and buys something, includes everybody. Andy and Jesse, they buy stuff for her parents. They don't ever think about me on cooking. Buy stuff for her That's parents. What, all the time. Just terrible. Breaks we're, looking my heart. Out, we're looking out for you, Jeff. Yeah, I appreciate it. One cookie, fill, a half a cookie will fill you up. Yes. Them suckers are huge. So how he, how he ate four of them, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, because Maggie's done the same thing. Uh, Ashton laid steaks out one night for dinner. Right. Two 16-ounce ribeyes, and I get home to put them on the grill from work, <laughs> and Ashton goes in there, and she's like, yeah, they're on the counter. I'm like, okay. I go back in there. I was like, "Hey, uh, they're not on the counter. They're yeah, they're not there." Maggie's <laughs> over there, fucking licking her chops, <laughs> laying on the couch. Beavis did that up here at the lodge twenty five years ago. One time, I'll never forget that we've been deer hunting. Come up here, was gonna put steaks on the grill. Fire was perfect. Lit the fire before we left. Went another hunted. Came back up. Hell yeah, going there. He's just sitting there looking at his hotel wagon. I'm looking. Yeah. Where the fucking steaks go? Mm-hmm. That no. part is is Maggie's a really good dog, and so she just turned four. And she's mellowed out. She used to be an asshole all the time. Mm-hmm. She's not anymore. She's finally mellowed out. But just like the other day, like we've never, we haven't had to worry about that for a while now. And then she just gets on the counter and gets a fucking cupcake. <laughs> My dad used to say all the time, "You can't expect them not to." Right. I mean, I mean that's just that's their, their that's, nature. That's their nature. I mean, right. it's hard. To, and then you can't go beat a dog fifteen minutes later for doing something they done before because they oh, don't I fucking can. know. Exactly. Oh, did you, you beat on him? Fuck yeah, he knew what he did. How do you I know? can tell when he's done something because of the way he greets me. Right. If he has not done something, he's in his bed sleeping. When he's like drug panties out or the trash out or eating something he's not supposed to, he meets me at the door. So when you when he met you at the door, you were like, "Oh shit!" Yeah. What did he do? Because <laughs> because because we have middle doors in our house. And he hears us drive up, and he meets us. He's sitting at the middle doors, and then he runs by us like he needs to go outside. Yeah, so he wants outside. Like, so he I'll get outside, and then when they see what's going on, I'll be far away from this. Exactly. So when that happens, my guard's up. If he's in his bed, he hasn't done anything. So how quick did you notice the cookies were going? Took a minute, but I found it. I started looking. He what? doesn't do that any other time. I bet your kids were disappointed. My wife was more disappointed because she doesn't she. She does not have a, a big sweet tooth, but when like something when you know something of this magnitude is in the house, she's like, "Oh fuck yeah, I got I got to get some of that." So, it's Harry's phone. Oh, um, yeah, she was pissed. She wanted to beat the guy, and that's like, worse than the kids because you yeah. know yeah. she don't like the dog. Anyways. I got to live with her. Oh yeah, she, yeah. She, she's caused Andy a lot of problems in his life. I'm telling you. She almost. So, we were doing a, a podcast with Jeff Coates, and she is he not going to answer that? He's is not he asleep. There. He's in another room. Oh. He's gone, I think. Why would he leave his phone? I guess it's charging. I don't know. That's a woman question. I don't have an answer for that. Um, she was pregnant with Jameson. We were doing a podcast with Jeff Coates, and I got a text from my mother-in-law during the podcast. Oh, I remember this. Un, uh, unusual. She said, Jesse probably broke her foot. We're at the hospital. And I'm like, oh, no. So I'm like, what did she do? She kicked Lou. He had done something. <laughs> She's pregnant. She's eight months pregnant at the time. Kicks him and then hurts her ankle. Her ankle oh, still bothers no. her when it gets cold. Oh no! So I we we had to cut it short with Jeff. We did. We we're like Jeff, man. I'm sorry. My wife's pregnant and she's at the hospital. Like we got to go. So that's the relationship her and my dog have. That's awesome. So no more no more dogs. Uh, yes, he is. We'll get there. It's we'll get there. Because um, the kids want another puppy. I've already had guides lobbying for the dogs that are coming now. Good. We got Double T British and Corey mm-hmm. is sending us some a uh, couple of labs to use all winter here. We're going to use them for pheasant hunts and waterfowl hunts. Blake, uh, will I be able to use that dog? Right. I said, yes, you will. Good. 
my neighbor lady, they just she fell today. They fly her out? Broke her pelvis. They're oh, flying man. her out right now? I don't know. Not much you can do for it. That's too bad. That's when you're old like that, things just don't that's... wearing socks in the house. Well, I don't understand why that's so bad. At her age? Slick socks? Slick socks. I mean, I, yeah, if you're if you're not on carpet, I guess I can right. see that. You know. No, and she does she has all um like laminate flooring. Oh. So and she's got a million cats. She loves her cats. She'll never admit it. I bet a cat got underneath her. So this is the same lady that has a cat door that the coons were coming in, right? Every August. Oh, raccoons no. coming to the house. Every <laughs> August. Fuck that. Yep. Very she, clean, not a clean lady. I mean, it's yeah. just, but she has the coons come in. Oh, no. Yeah, door. no, that, that little cat door would have been gone. Yeah. Yeah. She's a sweetheart of a lady. How old is she? Uh, 86? She's in her upper 80s. That back yeah. pelvis, that's a, that's tough. That's a bad deal because it's, it, that's going to be hard to be recover. Hard, yes. Hard Go, on the, anybody. The nursing home is usually what comes next yeah. after this. It'd be hard on yep. you. Well, I don't know. Our, our, our other neighbor lady, she did it a couple years ago. What happened to her? She broke her pelvis. What's she doing now? Well, she had other problems. That's what I'm saying. This, that's what I'm getting at. It's a broken pelvis at that age. Leads to other leads, stuff. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, they're not going to be able to do anything. No, you know? they just sit around, and, and she's probably going to end up in a nursing home or staying with one of her kids. Mm-hmm. And her kids are older, too. Right. Don't do that. I mean, you know, That's bad like, deal. Me and Tony were doing rock, paper, scissors. He was going to keep her dad at the end. <laughs> damn it, Like, boy. I had him the time before. I love him to death, but gosh, damn. Yeah. He's a, my dad was a pain in the ass. He had open heart surgery, and he'd come to live with us. And they sent him home to us like we're damn doctors. They give us all this list of medicines and all kinds of shit. Well, the first thing started was dad's medicine got him disoriented on thinking. He couldn't really talk. He'd burn right. and he got and he could talk for a minute. But I had to check his blood. My dad had meat hands. I mean, my dad's fingers were huge, big, big NFL I think lineman that whole hands. Generation had big, had big ass hands. Big ass hands. Right. And so they give you this little thing to check his blood sugar every day. Well, I'd hit him with that deal. Well, fuck, I couldn't get through the damn calluses on his right. hands. He worked all his whole life. So I took the guard of it off so I could pop it and go clear to his bone, you know, and blood's mm-hmm. going, yeah. let Michelle do that. And I'd give him some medicine. You're trying to kill me. Why are you giving me this medicine? Yeah, Dad, I wrote up these prescriptions in the front yard up here, oh, man. Go, we went down and filled them up. It's he with the paranoid. doctor. It was wore me out. But the worst part was he was supposed to come home and sleep. Oh, he'll sleep 20 hours a day. No, he slept four hours a day. I woke up the first night at 4 o'clock in the morning, and I felt like somebody was watching me, and I rolled over, and he was standing above our bed. I'm like, what are you doing, Dad? Well, God damn, we're going to have any breakfast around this joint? Well, yeah, in about three hours when we wake up. Holy shit. <laughs> it was that kind of shit all the time. So I, every time Dad would get sick you know, with cancer and stuff, I told Tony, I said, listen, we had him last time, it's your time. You know, he's going to have to stay with you yeah. this time. Didn't he pee one time, and you didn't know? like So like they have a, a computer chair kind of like these that we're right. sitting in, and Ron was like this. And it's back. So where Jeff was coming from, and then Jeff, and then Ron no. like swivels around. Yeah, you know, we went to the dog was raising hell one night, and our utility room is behind me and Michelle's bedroom. And I looked outside, like towards the pool from our utility room, and I couldn't figure out what the dog was raising on the backyard. And the dog was barking like towards the back. Our our the man, man cave room sits on the back side of our house, and kind of barking like in the window, looking in there. And I told Michelle, she goes, "What is going on?" I was like, "I guess." I said, "I wonder if there's a freaking." It was in October. I said, I wonder if there's a rattlesnake or snake in the yard or something. Because I said, he never barks like him. Barking towards the ground. We're just raising hell. Like, shit. So I'm going to go out in the backyard. So I grab a flashlight and I grab my pistol. I'm thinking there's going to be a snake in the backyard. And I'll go around the back. uh, You come out of our bedroom and you go down the hallway and you go into the big room there. 
and my computer desk is sitting there in my chair, and all of a sudden my dad swings around. What are you doing? God damn, that shot him. Scared the shit out of me. It's like, what the fuck are you doing up? I couldn't sleep. I said, Dad, you're supposed to keep your feet up. His feet were swelled up like basketballs. Oh, I don't want them up no more. I'm tired of this shit. I said, the dog's raising hell at you. Yeah, I've been seeing him barking there. Well, yeah, he's barking. He don't know what the hell you're doing in this hat. You're just sitting there looking at him through the window. Scared the shit out of me. Like a weirdo. And then Dad got an infection in his heart sack, and they had to put him in the hospital for three weeks when he went through rehab. Oh, that doctor's like, no, you could probably take no doctor listen. The he's best place for him is rehab. Then you just keep, keep him, in him rehab. here. You know, he's better yeah. off with I love my dad, but. Listen, this is the y'all best can, place for him to get yeah, healthy. Y'all can take care of him for a little bit. It's all right. If not, I'm going to be the one sitting in here next. Exactly. This is killing us. Yeah. Or he'll be in the morgue because I'm going to strangle him in oh, sleep one night. I, I shot him. <laughs> that scared the shit out of me. Boy, that, well, what do you got a gun for? Yeah. You know, shit, there's dead snake outside. You know how bad you would have felt if you did I shoot him, shot though? Your own dad. Oh, yeah. my God. Mm. I shot a guy one time, or a kid Had one a time. No, I shot a kid one time when I was hunting, dove oh. hunting, when I was 12 years old. Right. With dad. Dad, dumb little fucker shouldn't walk in front of everybody. The kid Damn. walked in some trees. We didn't even know he was there. And this kid, we're dove hunting. And this kid walks on the other side of the fence through a tree row, mesquite trees, like mm-hmm. 30 or 40 yards from us. And we're shooting, everybody's shooting this way. And I shot, and this kid comes walking, walking out. He's got blood, like, coming down his vest and shit. Oh, fuck. And boy, I said, oh, shit. And I started, I snuck <laughs> on back to the back. I yeah. said, way back in the back. The sheriff came and all kinds of shit. And oh. I was scared to death. And. The sheriff's like, you know, ask what happened. That dumb little fucker shouldn't want to cross the road for everybody. You know, Dad, I'm glad he's going to be okay. He wasn't, yeah. And Dad's like, no, that's all right. You know, the sheriff's yeah. like, he, he, it's his own fault. My uncle did the same thing to my dad. Shot him? Yep. And the first thing my dad said, don't tell my wife. <laughs> uh, Luckily, this was this kid was far enough off. It just it got some pellets inside of him. But yeah. it could have been, been his face or whatever yeah. it was. Well, my dad, you know, the story that he told me was is – he saw his brother pull up to shoot a bird, and he ducked and turned. He said he had to strip down butt-ass naked, and they were pulling pellets out of him Oof. in the field. He said, it, I mean, I think he had like, I don't even know, 40 pellets that they pulled out Ooh. of him or something. This same kid was playing with some uh, baling wire in the barn one day and was flipping it around and fucking pulled his eyeball out. Oh, my goodness. That's, He's that's, just cursed. God damn. <laughs> Look at your eyeball on a damn piece yeah, of mailing wire. That. <laughs> so that shit happens. What happened to that the NFL player? He did something to his eye. Oh, he got hit with a bag. A, a referee threw a sack. Uh, no way. Yes. The referee threw a flag and hit him right in his eyeball. Had to have surgery. The, uh, Lyman for the Cleveland Browns about 10 years no, ago. No, no, no. This was Are you talking about the week? one? Yeah, like recent? Oh, I don't know. He's a tight end, I thought. Yeah, I haven't heard any. I don't know. I haven't heard anything about that. But I didn't get to watch much football traveling this last week. I had to pick and choose what I got to watch. Fuck, what team does he play for? He was a very, he was a, as Sp- good as a tight end. Speaking of NFL, year. Tom Brady, you can put a fork in him. He is done. They're getting a divorce, did you see? Well, that's still, I mean, who do you think he bangs next? Hopefully Somebody me. famous? Something for that money. I guarantee you it's going to be somebody like fucking Andy. famous and crazy as fuck. So Britney Spears. Probably. Yeah, that would be a big deal. I don't... Tom always seemed like a real well-round-up well, guy. He's a great guy. He's the greatest quarterback to ever play. He's just played too long. He should not played this year. And I think the divorce probably would have happened three or four years down the road anyways. I think yeah. they were headed that way, two yeah. different lifestyles. Well, there's a reason he came back out of retirement. I mean, she right. played you know bitches I mean? a lot. Yeah. You know she does. Well, Guaranteed. He's already signed the Fox deal. So, like, even next year, he's going to be on the road. He's, he's going to make more money broadcasting than he did playing. So... And then Aaron Rodgers, I think, signed with Showtime, I saw, yesterday or something. Yeah, he's yeah, done, he's too. he's going to play Frank Gallagher in the next remake of uh, oh. Shameless, because that's what he looks like. Yeah. He, uh, 
but he he's done also. Those yeah. guys those guys are done. But Tom, I hope Tom in that lifestyle, he's gonna find some other supermodel chick. But God Almighty, why would you want someone that high maintenance? Fuck, I don't know. I wouldn't. I wouldn't want any part of that shit. Mm-mm. The three hundred million dollars she's worth would be real nice. I would trade Shell yeah. for that in a heartbeat. Yeah. Oh yeah. If someone for sure. come to me and they said, "I tell you what, I'll give you a hundred million dollars, and you have to let Shell go her own way." I'd say, uh, "Do you want me to pack three bags for her or five? Yeah, exactly. I'll go ahead and for a hundred million dollars. Yes, you know, money can't buy happiness, but you can rent your misery. Yeah, 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 for sure. You can do whatever the fuck you want when you got that kind of money. For a hundred million dollars, Andy, I heard somebody say, "If you don't think money buys happiness, you just don't know where to fucking shop." That's exactly right. Here we go. There are a lot of rich, miserable people, but sure. they would be miserable. They'd be a whole lot more miserable if they were poor. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, I would like to try some of that misery out. Money is not the root of all evil. Like, well, people are. Right. You just you can you can facilitate your bad behavior a little bit easier when you're worth hundred million dollars. Nobody tells you no anymore. Your old football coach told me something one time playing golf that has made sense to me, and I'll never ever forget this. And it's an old saying, but I'd never really paid attention to it. And he said it's easier for a poor man to go to heaven than it is a wealthy man. It's easier to for a it's easier camel. For, it's easier to squeeze squeeze a camel same. through the eye of a needle than a rich man to go to heaven. That's right, and there's a lot of truth to that, and mm-hmm. it really is. But I don't know. You don't think so? I think so because a rich man has a. <clears throat> they think they can just pay their way out of anything that happens. Th- that right. that's a big thing, and they they get more freedoms because they have they can afford, and they have a guy that goes to work eight to five that just barely is paying his bills that goes home to mama every night and has a meal and sits down with his family and his kids. He doesn't have free time to get in trouble doing shit. Right. First of all, all blame is on the man himself or the woman, whoever it is. That's who the fault is. It's not on nobody else on society. It's on that person. But they have more options in their life to do stupid shit. Yeah. When a man that is stuck eight to five just barely trying to make it, he don't have time for nothing else. Well, and who's going to take – if you're worth $100 million, let's say, we'll just throw that number out, and you're taking your entourage to every corner of the earth, which one of them is going to tell you no? No, you shouldn't do that. That's a bad idea. Then you're going to get kicked out of the fucking club. Exactly. So so all these people just keep telling, they keep reinforcing this bad behavior, and then they look up, and then they're in rehab. Well, it's like, yeah, you're in rehab, because you didn't have a circle around you that would tell you, no, that's a bad idea, you shouldn't do that. Yeah, they didn't have real friends. They had friends that were around they them because they had fucking money. Exactly. They and didn't have anybody looking out for them. They just wanted to be a part of right. their group. Right. I'd rather be with you while you're doing dumb shit than <clears throat> you know miss out on this ride. But, um, did, so women file for, it's not all, all on the man. Women file for divorce 70% of the time. Well, the just because you file doesn't mean you're wrong. It means you're the one that was tired of the relationship. And well, maybe it. he had a good reason. Okay. I'm just telling you, women, Speak, women, okay. women are the one, women are the ones that file for divorce 70% of the time. That doesn't mean they're guilty of anything. They had enough of his shit. Maybe he done something wrong. Maybe not. Maybe this is she, why, maybe she's this is just another reason why nobody likes Andy. Maybe she's, she's, trying to, she's sitting here fucking laughing. Well, maybe, it's true. Maybe she's trying to trade up. Okay. Maybe the man's not holding up his end of the bargain and she's like, you know what? So the person that files for divorce is the guilty one, is what you're saying. I'm saying that the person that files for divorce is the one that is like, this is enough. You're not holding up your end of the deal. But that doesn't mean they're wrong. For example, Jerry Lee Lewis just died. Just got. Text. Damn I don't know it. why the hell did it. Damn, Jerry's gone. Fuck, Jerry's gone. But Jerry Lee Lewis called the killer for a reason. Yeah. That wife, killed did, he, wife. The one did that he, he marry his sister? And his third cousin or something. Oh, okay. Or 13-year-old cousin or something. 
It was, right. before, it was before 1960, so it was okay. So anyways, and he's from Arkansas, and that's normal there. So anyways, so if his wife would have divorced, filed for divorce, would she have been guilty? He was beating the shit out of her? No. So you would have been okay with her filing for divorce? Yes. Okay, so I don't understand. There's gray areas. Once again, you're going to this black and white (laughs) bullshit again. We we listened to that podcast, you know, that you had the the guys from Wichita Falls come down. Oh, yeah, yeah, So we listened to it coming coming down here. Yeah, and they were talking about the gray gray areas, and you said, you know, attorneys, when they come out of law school, it's it's black and white. No common sense at all. One of my best friends is an attorney. And I swear to God, he left a smart man and come back a fucking idiot. That's what school does to you. I'm telling you, know? you right now, he was a sharp, sharp guy. A lot of common sense and shit. And they three years have deluded him with no common sense at all. You know where attorneys come from? Anal sex. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. makes sense. But he is a... Uh, I, I know a lot of attorneys. And I'm going to tell you what, Dobby that was with us is a smart dude. I'm telling you, he can tell by busy, very sharp man. Mm-hmm. I was not the smartest guy in the room yesterday, I can tell you that much. Close second, maybe, but not first. I don't even know. Like we, we so after you left, we were talking about how smart James is. James is a smart guy. I mean, he kn- he knew his vast knowledge of just everything and the way that different drugs affect you. He was very very sharp. James reads I, a lot. Too. I think yeah. I think most people that come from where he came from are. Pretty smart people as well. Yeah, no, because he come from the avenues in Wichita Falls. No, 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 There's no, not no, a lot of people I'm just there. Talking about, he's he's saying being yes, like on the drug side of things. James, being, right. you know, James is a sharp dude. He's always been be, smart. He just didn't apply himself. Right. He applied himself in the wrong way. He yeah. probably could have been a chemist because a lot of those guys yeah. are borderline scientists anyway. Yeah. James is a sharp, sharp, sharp. Well, and guy. everything just makes sense to him. Yep. You mm-hmm. know, and that's why he is where he is now because now he's got a success. He he channeled all that in another route, and now he's very successful in a legitimate way. Yep, he great. owns a, a trucking truck business. Company. Great, great dude. I've known him since he was a freshman in high school. God damn, I do not want to get in the trucking industry. Jesus <laughs> Christ, it'd be tough right now. Um, it's a tough go right now, big yeah. time. I mean, I deal with these guys every day, yeah. you know, and like the shit that right, they have. You're a to, diesel mechanic. Yeah, yeah. The shit that they have to deal with. Mm-hmm. No fucking shot. I'm doing that. Um, and they're they're saying now that trucking industry is going to be the next big. It's all going to be automated. It's going to be robots on the road. That ain't going to happen. Hold on. Do you know what industry has gone to automation that you would never think? Airlines. Dairy. How the fuck is somebody going to go out there and get the damn cow out of the damn stuck Listen in a fence to me. or whatever it is? There is a, a dairy farm. I think it's Wolf in Winthorst. Winthorst. All automated. There's two people that work there. What in the Them fuck? some bitches work 400 hours a week, though. Not anymore. Yeah. The people that run it now? All they do is they make a couple rounds a day and make sure the robots are doing everything. $25 million to get the setup, but... It's money and milk, I'm um, telling you. So... Hello, I mean... They milk them three... The cow will milk when it's ready. So um, when a cow is lactating, they're motivated by starch. So they put food where they want the cow to go. So when the cow's ready to eat, and then the, it develops this reward system. So I can go eat, and then the robots will come up when she, she they all wear collars. Right. Walks into the milking station, the robot comes up. Where did you hear her. this at? Charlie and uh, uh, David Keeler, they did a whole tour of it. Oh, that'd once, be interesting. Once a month, they go on like a tour of different places in the state, and it was this uh, dairy farm in Winthorst. So the robot will come up, milk it, it monitors how much it milks, how long it milked for, how much it eats, and so when a cow eats, it pushes it. It does its nose like that, so it pushes food out over. Three times a day, a robot will come down the aisle and push all of the food that the cow spilled and put it right back into the into the feed trough for him. 
they lay on waterbeds and it's all like padded because they figured out um, hard surfaces are hard on a cow's hooves. So by changing the surface that they stand on and that they lay on, they can get a, a milk cow for three years longer on average than because their hooves start to go out. I wonder what a milk cow cost. Because, you know, if you buy a cow, you're going to spend $1,000, I guess. I don't right. know, whatever the market price is. But a good dairy cow has got to be worth a shitload of money. And then, so they can tell when, by monitoring it, it's kind of like a Fitbit. So they can tell how many times a day that cow stands up. When a cow goes into heat, her activity spikes. She gets up and down a lot more. So they know that she's ready to breed. Three days before she shows any sign that she is coming into season. Um, it also monitors her vitals. So... You can also tell when a cow's getting sick about four or five days before a vet could tell you based off of what uh, the monitor's reading. And then they'll get it started on penicillin. The robots know because you can't uh, sell a cow that's on antibiotics milk. The robots know, okay, cow, whatever, whatever is on antibiotics. It milks it. It goes straight into the, straight into the ground. They don't even put it into production. Daisy comes about three times a day and gets all the milk, and they use it for sour cream and Chipotle. That's where that's where they sell. That's where they sell all. They sell to Daisy or to Chipotle. Yep. yep. You know, you know, for Brian, sour cream. Brian Hall. That's what he does. He drives it. He work, drives a, a picks up big bulk right. milk. But they do that. It's all automated. There's two people that work there, and they just make sure that the robots are are there's not a big glitch. I but I thought, can I, you imagine? There, there's days uh, dairy farmers. Hardest workers in America. Yes. You're married to that job. You've got to milk cows three times a day, two times a day. They're sun up to sundown. There's always something to do. Not here. I Not anymore. Play, I want to play softball against them guys now. When I was in college right. in Wichita Falls, we used to play a team from Scotland and Winthorpe, and they were called the Utter guys. And oh, they were God all dairy damn. guys. And you shake your hand after game's over with. Them fuckers, I'm telling you right now, you couldn't work the next day. Your hand's so sore. Yep. So every time I shake someone's hand now, I'm like, damn, you from Winthorpe, Texas? Because them big old boys could shake a hand. And they could beat your ass at softball some years too. Well, now they ain't gonna, they're going to get soft. Yeah. Well, and their football team was always stout because hell, they worked sun up to sun yeah, down. Exactly. So like they were some cornbread motherfuckers. So two guys running. I went under how many cows are milking. That's very interesting. Uh, I can't remember the cow number off the top of my head. But yeah, every one of them. Um, they just. I mean, they, it's got to be a pretty big operation if yeah. they're selling just twenty five million dollars. If you got twenty five million dollars yeah. to set up to set this little thing, I think it's all up on YouTube. Their whole uh, their whole production. They're very proud at like. That uh, from what Char, my father-in-law and uh, the other guy were saying, like they're very welcoming to people that want to come and like see the operation. Like I got some friends that went through. Someone message and see about it. we couldn't get one of the wolves on here with us to talk it. about it. And they um they're gonna they're gonna have no um I can't remember how all this works, but they're gonna be uh, zero carbon emissions. Like they take all the flatulence from the dairy and like they somehow repurpose it to do something else, and I can't even tell you. So it's a going green dairy farm. Yeah, and all of the mm -hmm. waste gets pushed down, and then it it all the water gets refiltered and reverse osmosis. Um, it never, they, they've got fans everywhere, so there's no flies in the whole place. Well, if you ask some guys from California, cows produce more emission than, right. than cars. So, <laughs> right, yeah. I mean, it doesn't make any sense to me, but. Um, so there's fans everywhere. So no flies are in this entire facility because there's no surface that there's not enough air. They can't land anywhere. So no flies go in there. Um, during the coldest part of the year, it never gets below like 60. And during the hottest part of the year, they've got enough ACs and stuff. It never gets above like 80 in there. So Well, this is not the dairy I grew up hunting on. I grew up hunting in Winthorpe. We shot a lot of our ducks. 
Matter of fact, me and Tony both shot banded ducks the same day on a pond down there. We hunted down there, grew up there. But in the summertime, we used to go catfish fishing there all the time. Boy, it fucking stunk. Woo. Oh, yeah. I can imagine. Oh, it was just old, but but man, it was just it was an old fashioned dairy. They probably milked fifty cows, and that was there. But they were the hardest work. Great people, and I, I'm guessing fifty might have been a hundred head of cattle. But it was just it's it's crazy that that that's a very interesting deal. JP Andy Zach's friend, he sells uh all that stuff dairy the automation the, stuff. I don't know if he's automation. I need to have Zach reach out to him. I've got his number. I'm a message because he used to sell all kinds. Because he goes all overseas and stuff, setting up dairies with products and stuff. And you, could you imagine the conversation at that fat house when they talked about doing this the first time? And the old farmer was like, "You right. lost your damn mind." Oh he yeah, twenty five million dollars. Yeah, that's some bitch got up and laughed and walked. Or go out. to a bank and say, "Listen, I want to borrow twenty five million dollars to." That's that's a tough. That's well, now I know segment. why they invite everybody to come look at it. If I spend twenty five million dollars <laughs> on something, I'm yeah. showing that shit <laughs> exactly. off. Exactly. I wonder how many cows they milk a day. That's because you got to milk a, a lot bunch. to pay that kind of bill. That note off. Talk to Charlie. Charlie knows all the the numbers and stuff. But uh, I mean, it's got to be an astronomical amount. Okay, here this is ten years ago. Surely it wasn't that around that no. long ago. But this says, let me see. This might not be the video, but let me. Look, if the internet's going to cooperate. Oh, you're looking for that? I'm going to run to the restroom. Yeah, go ahead. That's in Winthorpe, but I don't know. I don't think that's an that's, old boy hooking them up right there. Yeah. So I don't think that's going to be the one. Uh, fast forward a little bit. They're waiting to be milked. Yeah, they get. Yeah, they're all milk. They're all hand milk. Or no, they're putting them up to machines. So well, they don't hand milk nothing. Right, it's right, all right. machine wise. But they're doing that. Like they don't even do that anymore. The cow walks, and uh, so this one's. Or here, let me go back one more. Um, how robots are saving dairy farms. We'll see what this one has to offer. Probably not much, but you know, I kind of thought the same thing that you did. Um, you were going to laugh whenever I said that trucking is going to go automated, but this was this would have been the last thing that I thought I would have not thought could have dairy ever farms. gone automated. Trucking is not going to because there's too many things a flat tire, too many things that yes, fail. It's, it's the first of all the electronic shit is not going to work in big industry. It's just not going to happen. You can't take a truck an eighteen wheeler. So there's the robot that pushes everything. There it was, and like I said, I have no idea. I'm just assuming all this. Yeah, so it pushes it closer to them so that they can eat. And they've all got those collars on. That's interesting. But what's gonna—I mean, what's gonna fail is that not everybody's gonna be able to afford this. So. So basically, what we're doing is we're going to get into only big, 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 big businesses or in the agriculture business. We're going to be relying on three people for our food, pretty much. And you better oh. hope that none of them go bankrupt or die. Because anyway, you can look at somebody it. was telling me the other day that that California is going to outlaw all diesel powered equipment, even there, agriculture equipment. That, 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 that'll it's, never make. That'll never work. When you're cutting your wheat. No you ain't got time way. to sit for ten hours for a combine to charge up, especially or if you're trying to beat a rain. You know that, that's and, and another thing also is people don't understand work ethic when it comes to working for yourself. Right. 
when you work, if you're not doing something you passionately love or you don't work for yourself, you don't want to put in more than eight hours a day. Exactly. I don't give a shit what you are. There ain't anybody working that's a car hop at Sonic, and I'm probably going to get my ass in trouble over this shit. Oh, for the first <laughs> time. But, shit, I've had a lot of things. But that, that, that girl that's a car hop at Sonic, she's having to pay, pay, pay her bill. She does not like what she does. There's nobody working at Sonic that loves being a car hop that's not a 16-year-old kid. You don't know that. Well, very we, on, few, we very only few. Like you told me yesterday, we only talk facts on here, and you don't know that. Okay, well, there you go. Well, that's not a fact. That's my opinion on the deal. But when you work for yourself or you're a farmer and your money is getting that crop out, you might work 20 hours in a day or 23 or 27 yeah. or 34 because that's what it takes to get your shit done, and you're on a timeline of getting paid. Exactly. The difference between getting that crop out and not. Well, you need that combine to run nonstop. You want to fill it up? You don't even like taking 15 minutes to fill the son of a bitch up. Exactly. You have to. Yeah, on a D, on on these electronic vehicles, you can't sit it down for eight hours. No, you know that's just not going to happen in construction. In New York City, I'm, I'm behind a bus the other day, diesel combustion bus and stuff. Mm. That 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 bus runs probably twenty hours a day, other than routine maintenance. They've got a driver at night because that sleep city never sleeps. How are you going to stop all your buses from it? Are you going to buy extra three buses three times the deal so you don't have to worry about putting them down? I'm sure you can't that, do that. I'm sure they'll have a fucking generator on board that runs off diesel. Yeah, that that's the <laughs> thing right there. You cannot stop that shit. No, you still got to well, make electricity to charge them. Exactly. Elon Musk says his idea is that it, the energy, whenever you break, there will be an energy transfer that goes to your battery. Because I think that's the way his car is, or his, or his truck is going to be. No. He's making eighteen wheelers, and he said that he he's gonna have uh, every time the brake is de- depressed, it'll go to charge the battery. That might be the answer, but what they have today is not gonna work. John Deere, when they go to electric motors and shit, I wish Stanfield had the money to build a tractor that we could compete with them on, because whoever stays in the diesel stuff is gonna be ahead of the game. Yeah, because the diesel guy, that the, the the electric engine is not gonna work on farms and heavy duty construction. Those coal mine, how they can pull all that coal out to burn that electric that power plant? I mean, they're going to have to have diesel engines to do it. Yeah, I mean, so I work on the oil field side of shit. There is no way Mm-mm. that anything electric would do what we needed to do. The bottom line in DC is money. That's yeah. the bottom line. The whole deal. Do you think our United States government really wants to go without the tax dollars they get out of the fossil fuel business? No. We couldn't afford to do shit if it wasn't for the taxes in Texas that the oil field companies pay. Yeah. I mean, I'm telling you right now, you can go without a hunting outfitters deal. Oh, you yeah. can go without some guy that owns a painting company or an electrician or somewhere. Right. You cannot go without the tax dollars generated from the oil and gas industry in Texas. No. You just shut us down. I mean, just think about the jobs that would be lost. I well, mean, they don't, the, they don't even care about that, but yeah. just the tax dollars right. that they would lose. It, it would be I it'd mean, be horrible. Yeah. The economy would be completely fucked. All right, let's talk let's Oklahoma see. hunting for a minute. We were going to talk hunting. We had you on here to talk about hunting a little bit. So <laughs> talked about everything. You, else. you guide around El Reno, Oklahoma. Hold yes. on, there's Musk's eighteen wheeler, which looks like all of his other shit that so, he's got coming out. Coke, five hundred miles. Pepsi's going to take the first one. I'm pretty sure Coca Cola tried that out in California. Oh, I'm sure they did. And it was a fucking utter failure. Yeah, and and for the record, I'm not defending electric 18 wheelers i'm just telling you i think that i've heard that elon musk elon musk is obviously rolling out with 18 wheelers semi semi trucks um you're getting as gun shy as the kennedys now well i mean <laughs> you gotta spell things out for people so i am not defending the the freight company you're going, just talking about it right yeah 
People don't, if you talk about something, it's like Beetlejuice. If you say it too many times, it's real and you defend it. So, but anyway, I think I'd heard that the the generator is going to be charged by pressing the brake. If, if <clears throat> there are some, there are some uses where you could have a robot do some jobs. Yeah. Some, some, there are some things out there. Apparently that the dairy farm. The dairy farm is one of them. I did not expect that. There are some pissed off dairy fans that are without work now, but you, any big industry, Anything that requires heavy machinery and stuff is not the game for the electric motor, I don't think. When they start making planes out of electric motors, that's why, why don't we do that? Now, my example... My, my ass ain't hopping on there. Yeah, no. no. I, flew, <laughs> no. I got charge stuck. this motherfucker before <laughs> yeah, we get up exactly. and going? I got stuck in Tulsa, Oklahoma there night, and it took two and a half hours to get our plane refueled because there was 25 of them there. Could you imagine if we'd had to plug into a generator for eight or 10 hours to charge that some bitch up to get me And home? wait for 25 Fuck other yeah. planes to charge first? That's no But that's, that's the thing that they're going about. I, and I noticed, too, every time I go by a place that's got electric, the, the Tesla charging centers or whatever it is, they're never full. No. Now, you see videos of California where everybody's got them and people are waiting in line to charge for six hours. Do you see those big-ass <laughs> generators that run off natural gas that are sitting right there in front of them? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's right, but people you don't know? see that. They don't. No. They can't see past that shit. I right. saw a dickhead that had a generator in the back of his Tesla. So he need, his, his generator ran out of gas, and this might have been a spoof. I hope it was a spoof. He's stranded on the side of the road with a gas can. <laughs> Needing somebody to give them gas. And they're like, why do you need gas? You got an electric vehicle. Well, I run it off my generator. I, 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 generator runs and I charge it. That's it's fucking like awesome. off of gas. Like That's the reason you're driving an electric that's vehicle. That's why you're driving an electric exactly. vehicle is to not have to buy gas. Oh, no, I, I need gas. So I hope that that video was a specific. Someone had someone on Facebook the other day, and it's Facebook, so no tell if it was right that they had a bill from a car dealership, a replacement battery on a Tesla. Over it's twenty like, grand. Yeah. Did you see that too? Yeah. Twenty thousand dollars for a fucking battery. I think it was like twenty six thousand or something. I'm on interstate and I'm bitching when they charge me $140 for a battery. Exactly. You know, two twenty grand. Yeah. For a battery. Yeah. Now you might as well just fucking scrap the car and buy a new one. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean they're not that much more expensive probably. Um Range Rover though, some of our friends have a Range Rover and they were talking about the oil change. You only get it changed once a year, but like it's like five grand to change your oil. Do what? In a, yeah. What Boy, that's fuck? my dream car because I've always wanted a Range Rover. Every time I drive by, one told me, one of these days I'm going to buy me one of those. Let me, let, me, let me double check. But it was a lot because they were telling us, like, we go once a year to get our oil changed, but it's a couple grand. I was like, holy shit. Who's your friend that drives a Range Rover? Don't worry about me, Jeff. I got people all over. I got people everywhere. You're running in some high cotton there, Andy. Yeah. People that's what pay. I'm thinking. Yeah, who do you hang out with? Oh, they pay $5,000 a year for oil changes. Damn. Yeah, that's fucking crazy. This yeah. says, maybe I'm wrong, about three to 300 to 350 I'll text Jesse. Well, that's she'll, cheap. She'll remember. But not if you're, I don't know if you're doing it once so a year. So it's charging 350 Yeah. That's not bad. It's for once a year? No, no, no. If that's once a year, yeah, that's not bad at all. I get my oil changed every two to three months, right, and it me costs too. me 80 bucks. 80 bucks. Yeah. Yeah. So right. you're talking. Four times will be three twenty. It's the same thing. Yeah, I'm back I'll, on get me a land. There you go. Go Range get your Rover Range Rover now. right there now. There you go. I think they're sharp looking vehicles. You can go do it. So, you you hunt in Oklahoma. You guide in Oklahoma. Yes. What's your what? You, you're hunting north of the interstate, right? Yeah, we stay for the most part. We stay north of I forty, and that's the real wet area that's full of water, right? And everybody mm. tells me there's no water up there. I see guys bitch all the time. They say north of I forty, there's no water south. It's all south. Is that true or not? Depends on the year. No, I'm talking about right now. Right now, uh, yeah, I mean, we do have water up there. We don't have a whole lot of it, but we have water that's going to hold birds. Yeah. 
And no corn. Correct. No milo. Correct. So it's going to be winter wheat. And beans. And beans. Beans are a hit and miss deal, though. Yep. Y'all are in the same boat everyone else is in right now. Yeah. It's, I'm kind of afraid to see what's going to what's gonna happen. There is not. I, I had someone message me yesterday, and I can't remember where they were from. From Louisiana. Guy that's got hunt booked with me for Louisiana. Hunt's in Louisiana. Mm-hmm. And he was talking about the cane. There's so much sugar cane right now. It's running out. He said, we have water down here. He said, our problem is a lot of our food sources have become sugar cane, which is not a food source now. Right. He said, it's dry. But he said, we can have water to pump. So he said, the traditional places that you could are going to be with water. He said, he asked me, he said, do you think it's going to be a good year or bad year? I said, I have no idea. I'm telling you right now, it's going to depend on winter. Yeah. But I said, there are places, and we've talked about this for a long, for three months now, there are places that traditionally are really good, good hunting places that are going to be terrible this year because of lack of water. Right. And there's somebody somewhere that usually doesn't have very good hunting that's going to have a stellar season this year because of water. Right. And then them suckers are going to go double their books for the next year, and they're not going to have no birds the next year. Exactly. Things are going to go back to the normal places. Exactly. But this is going to be a telltale sign for that because I think from Clinton, Oklahoma, all the way to South Dakota, there's a big void right there where there's not a lot of food. Yeah, I mean, so... (laughs) I've had to go to to Amarillo a couple times here pretty recently for work and uh just driving out there I mean there there's no food Nothing. source. I mean it, everybody's just waiting they're waiting for moisture to put wheat in the ground, you know. Now they've had it now cuz our wheat looks great around here. Yeah. Starting to. Our we've got a big ranch north of us that we hunt on and they've we've got geese and cranes on it. Last year we had a lot of cranes on it but there was 25,000 acres of wheat seed everywhere. There was yeah. no there was no reason for them to go to a certain place or they just would hop somewhere else. Well, this year, it's going to all be different stages. You know, right. There's going to be places that's going to have wheat that's going to be ankle deep to up your shin, and then we're going to have some places that's going to be where they put in late. But we have wheat. All the wheat's going to make it right now. Right. Now mm-hmm. we're starting to be cooling off a little bit where the army worms shouldn't be a problem. <clears throat> we well, sh- they were in that uh, snow, the big February snow we had a couple years ago. What was? Army worms. We're in the snow? Fuck yeah. They said uh, whenever that snow thawed, I guess it created like an, an insulation barrier, mm-hmm. but they noticed when the snow thawed, like armyworm just went to town. Really? That's mm-hmm. crazy. Yeah, because, you know. I thought once it got cold, you didn't. they didn't have to deal with them anymore. Oh, I mean, hell, we had we had a tick issue after that, after it thawed out. Really? Yeah. we. I mean, I got covered a couple times in ticks. No shit. We hadn't had, I yeah. hadn't seen a tick in a long time. Been dry. What do you think about? Okay, so so y'all are hunting this year. No, and I was wrong. So it says I'm gonna go back to this Range Rover 350, but you got to change it every five thousand miles. The same as everything else. So, but it's 350. Yeah, yeah. that is expensive. Then I Gala, knew it was expensive. So if a guy puts on thirty thousand miles in a year, which is not uncommon if you live out somewhere other than a big city, that's six oil twenty one hundred dollars a year in just oil changes. Where the average car you're paying five hundred dollars, so yeah. But if you can afford a Range Rover, then you're not worried about it. Well, you're not. If, that's like uh, what, what do they say? If you got a bitch about the gas that goes in a private jet, you probably don't need the private jet. That's exactly yeah. right. There ain't a guy in a private jet going, "Not, nah, we're gonna go to the ah, next terminal." You yeah, know? can't Bye. do it. You're not price shopping. So anyway, I was part right, part wrong, mostly so, wrong. Have you noticed the last couple of years a lack of widgeons? Yes, we have. So I mean, we still shot a handful of them. Uh, so. A couple of years ago, our usual was if we were shooting widgeon, we were shooting gadwall. Mm-hmm. Last year was mainly gadwall. 
We when we shoot widgeons, we shoot a lot of widgeons. I mean, right. if you're going to on a field wheat and the the geese the the widgeons are in there, you're not going to shoot you, three or four. You're going to shoot a bunch. Right. You might shoot twenty. You might shoot sixty. But you're going to shoot a bunch of widgeons. Right. We haven't had very many of them days in the last couple of years. It's like they've disappeared. Somebody sent me a a thing from. I'll pull it up on the big screen. But Ducks Unlimited did a. Uh, this is one of the ones that I saw. It was a pintail. It showed pintails, and like they go. They've shifted west. Like they didn't even have any of them coming to us, which is wrong because we have. We got a ton of them. They're already here. Uh, We've got some right now. We're lacking water right now, but we'll have them in the wintertime. We'll be covered up with pintails. We always are. What you're seeing, though, is like the the widgeons and stuff and the pintails that are shifting west. What's going to happen this year? Because people are forgetting. There's a big portion of California that's not going to have any hunting at all on hardly at all. Right. I mean, they've closed down the refuges and stuff. Are those birds going to sit there and be and live in peace and go back up and breed more, or are we going to see those birds shift from there because of the lack of water and stuff and move further east? Get this on my. And then when you see these collar studies that people do, you see birds that jump from east to west a ton. We always thought of a bird traditionally moving from north to south. Well, there's a bird will come from here and it'll go to Arkansas. And then it'll go all the way back to Colorado, and then it might go to the Dakotas, and then it might go north. They just bounce so much. So that area looks like right at us. There's a bunch of birds. Well, I can't really tell. No, like, so obviously down there, but then that looks like more West Texas. That looks like more. Can you pull it a little bit more in? That's almost New Mexico. That's, that's, that's New, what I was thinking. That's, that's, that's New Mexico. New, is, is that the widgeons? No, that's pintails. Oh, I'm telling you right now, Clovis, New Mexico area has become a hot area. So this says as part of as part of a research study with, and for those of you watching on YouTube, you can read along, uh, with the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service, Haviland Nation, and Ducks Unlimited, TPW has been tracking the migration of northern pintail to learn more about the iconic species. Um, check We're, out this map pulling pintail locations over the last three years. See where it comes. So that's only that's we've marked 140 birds. Right. So I mean. But you see where it funnels in at? That's going to be around Brownsville, probably. That's right. Or no, that's going to be no, going back to up there again. That's going to probably be about Laredo or Del Rio. Well, that says Monterey. Right no, no. There. But when you cross the, the the border there, you're going to be looking at Laredo or Del Rio, probably from Monterey, because that's. Do du- you mean this big funnel right here? Yes, that is going to be the Texas. That is going to be the bottom of border, Texas. Almost. Rio. Well, Grande? no, because it would be the water if it was on the bottom. What do you where mean the, that would be? The see the water. Y. See where the Y is. Yes. If you went straight to the water right there. Yes. No, straight down. That's going to be the Houston Ship Channel. See how it's got the big curvature in it? This one or this one? No, way, way to the left. That's Louisiana. Keep going, keep going, going around. That ain't Louisiana. I, I can't. Pull it up a little bit more. No, I mean, not down. Pull the, make it. This is Houston. Can you not make it any? Well, I guess you're right there. Okay. Well, so they're, they're numbered. They're, they're, the Houston's not that far from the water. I don't know. Well, I mean. But any, and I don't know what blue represents and what green represents, but there's probably a chart that says it. Uh, I don't see it. I think that's just pintail. Is all it says. Yeah, but I don't know what the green is and what the blue is. But yeah, I thought this was interesting that these are like way out. It looks like New Mexico. That I wonder, might, that well, the way that map is, that's probably going to be West Texas somewhere up in the Panhandle. Right, yeah, because, I mean, Houston, like you said, Houston's not that far in. No, if it is, then that's the Texas Panhandle right there. So that's if you probably... shift everything east like it sh- maybe should go, that would put them right about Us. where we would think. Yep. Who knows? I just thought it was an interesting thing. 
This is going to be an unusual year year for all waterfowl hunting. I wonder if uh, Colorado is going to benefit a lot more than they could. I think they're dry than normal crop wise. I don't know how they. I don't know how their crops done. I don't know if they got a lot of corn. I don't know if they got. That's going to be the thing. Is well, you're going Blake, Blake's ten minutes from Colorado, and they don't have anything. They don't have shit. That's what I'm saying. There's going to be places that are going to be. Yeah. But there might be a little valley in Colorado that's got a lot of food this year that normally is just another place with a lot of food, but then birds are going to be concentrated into that area because right. of the food situation. Well, they didn't really have a whole lot of snow melt either to give them water, did they? No. So there's a uh, there's a drought monitor right now, and it looks like Kansas is horrible. But Blake's right there in yes. the crook. Yep. And that's severe. So I mean, Colorado, most of it looks to be about all like right. us. They're about like us, right? So I don't know how much irrigate. I mean, they they have pivots and stuff, but I don't know how much they rely on irrigation. Well, it just depends on what crops they put in too, because right. a lot of guys around us, if they had corn in the ground, they just cut it for silage. Right. You know, super early. Yeah. But I mean, that's a big swath. If you look at that, that's Kansas, especially southern Kansas, and it's got a lot. We know it's got a lot of outfitters in it but i don't know it's going to be a weird year because i think we have a lot of birds that stay for us the lesser canada's a lot of them will stay in this eastern part of colorado and it's gonna take a which, snow to it move did, which i mean if you go by that monitor it doesn't look too bad but uh like jeff said it's going to be a year where it's going to make or break a lot of people mm-hmm. and i feel bad for the guy because I think that there's going to be a hot spot somewhere that nobody knows about, and some poor buddy, some bu- somebody's going to go set up shop there, and they're not going to go back the next year or on a normal year. Right. So they're going to go. They're going to set up an entirely new outfit based on one year's results, and then next year, if it goes back to normal, they might be screwed, and they might not be. Maybe they'll start going these places every time. And we're due for like a legitimate cold winter mm-hmm. anytime. What, what is your due? What are, what are you going about? How many years? You're 23 years old. Right. So how long do you think? 2000. So two years. Yeah, I think it was 2016 or 2017 okay. was the last time. And before and that? I don't know. 2000. 30 years in this game, and I can remember maybe five, six actual winners. Maybe. Now, my first 10 years in, it, it, it seemed to be cold more. I mean, we had... Well, that's more a, normal winter, but I didn't. I wouldn't been in the business long enough to remember. Right. I remember in my lifetime two major cold vortexes that I could actually remember. And one of them, I was in freaking high school, and it was a cold son of a bitch. And the other one was the vortex we had what three years ago in February. Two years ago. Two years ago. Yep. But that didn't affect hunting at all because it was over when it happened. So we so in Oklahoma two years ago we had a freeze in October. Yeah, we had snow and a freeze here. Yep, and it was seventy five degrees two days later. Yeah, I guess three. I guess we did have the the snow and the freeze, and then what was it in February of the following? It was cold, cold, cold. Yeah, it was like long, negative thirties. Yeah, that's what we had when I was a kid for a week long or two. For my dad made it sound like it was thirty days, and then we look at the history <laughs> books, and it was only about ten or twelve days. Yeah. But it, it was cold. But I think, it was a cold time. I think the thing that we really need, and I think you guys are in the same boat, is a consistent weather. When, pattern. When I first got into the hunt business, decades and decades ago, it seems like ago, we would have a cold front or a change to north wind once a week. Yeah. Sometimes it would be a north wind would blow for two or three days. Sometimes it would be eight or 12 hours. But we got a north wind every week. We'd get a north wind. Yeah. And our geese would just pat. Every time you get a front, you get more birds. Right. More birds. And by the by January, it was froze from the Kansas-Oklahoma border north. 
when you got to Nebraska, Kansas border, it was white all the way to the North Pole. Right. And that was normal. Right. That was a normal, normal time. That, that's of what deal. you think of when you think of winter. That's what it used to be like. Yeah. Well, we don't have that anymore. But it was snow and cold. Well, <laughs> so when January got here, we were covered with ducks. Yeah. Because the ducks come here. I, I got it to hunt way, way, way back in the day. And our duck season used to end in the middle of January, and our goose season would go like a little longer. Right. And I remember a morning hunting, and ducks were coming in by the hundreds, mallards, and they would land in the decoys. <laughs> Just land. And they would walk and run. They would feed and walk. It was the yeah. craziest shit ever. By within about 30 minutes, you had a 1,000 mallards walking. And I'm looking for bands, you know, when the little yeah. fuckers are walking by. And they would watch. <laughs> They'd walk right through your, your your deal. They'd get to the top of the spread. <laughs> They'd blow right. up, spin around, and land Come in back. the feeding zone, land and feed again. And it was a yeah. day. I've never seen that ever again in my life. But it was after duck season was over. But we were just covered with mallards all morning long. But that's because the the birds didn't have nowhere else to go. They'd been pushed. There was no right. food. There was no water. That's what we're lacking. Right. So two years ago, when we had that super super cold front come through uh, in February, yep. so in Oklahoma, our goose season stays open until the second weekend of February. Right. But we don't guide that. That's just if we have the birds, we might go out with buddies or whatever. And it was like negative fourteen degrees or something. Travis calls me. Hey, I found a feed. I said, okay, I'll go, but I said, I'm not staying out there very long. It is cold <laughs> as fuck. We're either going to have it happen soon or not at all. Exactly. So we get out there. We sit in the pickup until I see the first group of birds in there. We go out to the blinds, and I bet we had four or 500 ducks just ate it up. It was duck, the duck weather. They love that stuff. Yeah. I it's, mean, they, we had mallard drakes walking around in our spread for 30 minutes. Were, were we screwed up at, during that front? Out here, Tony at his house, he's got that pond out front. Mm -hmm. It's got an aerator in it. It was the only open water for miles. There was, I bet, five to 10,000 ducks here. We could have set up some spinners in our parking lot. Yeah. And we could have had, we should have videoed. We could have videoed ducks. Widgeons widgeons and pintails were everywhere. That whole field up there was solid ducks. I think widgeon is my favorite duck to shoot. They're they're a lot of fun. But that's, but but, but it was because weather. Right. Now, that's, that's a once in a hundred year storm or right. once ever. I've had it. I'm 54 and I've seen that twice. So it's every 25 years on average, you're going to have one of those. Right. We need to have something like that. But there's no, you go to Nebraska and there's a ton of guide services now. How many of them guide services have been around for 20 years? There's not a whole lot of guide services, period, that but, have been around. But how that many long. have been there for 20 years? None. Right. And there's a reason why. Right. Back in the day, it froze up and all them birds were gone. Right. Ron Winicky worked for me for two years. He's Mr. Nebraska. He was a, he, everything in Nebraska, great waterfowl hunting guy. Ron told me, when after he'd worked for me a couple of years, I called him one time, and it was like this time of year, and we were talking. He goes, man, this is a normal winter. He said, I'm hunting on the plat right now. We got mallards pushing in. He goes, I haven't seen this in four or five years, blah, blah, blah. But this is the way it used to be. Well, that was a normal deal. So normally, that's why there's no outfitters up there, because by the time Thanksgiving gets here on a normal year, they used to be snow locked in, and the yeah. ground was frozen. Yeah. You hunted on the plat. There's guys still hunted. But you couldn't consistently do it because there was things are just so different now, anyways, too. Because the big geese are different because every city's got big geese right out now. When when I was a kid, you didn't find big geese until you went way up north. You know, yeah. Oklahoma City didn't have ten thousand or twenty thousand graders like they have in it now. Right. You know, um, I don't I don't, I don't know how many geese live in the Oklahoma City metro area, but everywhere you go, there's a flock of them. Yeah, I mean, you can just drive down I forty 
you know, from El Reno to Oklahoma City and see a couple hundred. Yeah, and that used to not be. You didn't see that back in back in the eighties and seventies. That didn't happen. Right. Um, Wichita Falls has probably got a resident flock. I bet five thousand birds live in Wichita Falls year round. Those birds when I was a kid didn't happen. Right. I mean, you didn't see that shit, and it's just very common now. I wonder how much the fucking Jesse she was right on. What I asked her about the Range Rover thing, and she right away. Um, I wonder how much the jet stream because they say it's weakening as a result of the climate changing. I wonder how much of that, because doesn't the jet stream, it has to dip to let cold air that's in? That's the cold, that's where your cold, cold, when, when we get a big dip, the, the jet stream goes from goes like Alaska to the Rio and goes Grand. straight straight down and then comes back up. Right. And that we haven't, when we get really cold weather, we get that. They but they s- say that the jet stream is weakening and it's retreating north. There's a massive pressure system somewhere off the Pacific. I read a deal the other day. I don't know if it's true or not. That shows it's going to shift quickly towards Maine. And when it does, that we're going to get a huge push of cold air in December here. Don't know if that's true or not. It's my, I'm wanting it to be real. <laughs> Is that for this year? You're going to read yeah, it? Yeah, for this year. Yeah. I don't know if that's true or not because you see so many models, but this model shows this track. This thing's going to come out of the Pacific, going to go right across where we are, <laughs> where we are, and it's going to shove right up to Maine. When it gets up high like that, it's going to push that dip. It's going to come in and dip and go right above it. So what will happen is it will dip all through the Midwest, and then it will ride all the way down, and then it's going to shoot back up. So if that happens, Illinois and Indiana and all that stuff, they're going to get stuck with the dome of hot weather for a long time. Well, we're going to get cold weather to stay here. Don't know if it will happen, but I can hope. Every, Probably won't. Everything that I've seen, they're all saying it's supposed to be cold and snowy for it's always down that way. here, but every duck season it is. And yeah. fuckers fuck with this. Yeah, they do. They know. They yeah. know the duck hunters. Like, listen, this is the time. Duck hunters are excited. You put out that little false, dangle that carrot in front of them. They'll be all about it. Yeah, there, there's the farmers a, almanac. Poor Ron, it let him down. <laughs> yep. Every year he wanted to believe that shit so bad, and every year it's gonna be the coldest, wettest winter since 1985. Ron, he would that would be gospel to him. Right. You go to the Bud's ca- Cafe down there to get coffee and. Better cut your firewood. You're going to need it this year. Yeah, every old guy that's yep. in there drinking farmer's coffee. Almanac yeah. says it's going to be cold and wet, and then it's fucking hot and dry. Same geeks that do the farmer's almanac are the ones that work at NOAA that fuck with this. Like, you know what? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I hate let's, hunters. Let's get so let's screw up. with them. We're getting yeah. all excited about this shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I, I, I've gotten to the point where it's like, we'll just see what happens. The t- you know? that's about three days is about as far as I have any confidence in it exactly. being remotely we'll look close. look at 10 days. Is, be, they've already changed my 10-day. It's going to be 55 today and 48, 61 and 44 tomorrow, which is fine. Next weekend, opening weekend to Goosey's, and we got a 50% chance of rain on Saturday. That'll probably happen because it'll be that morning. But it's going to be 76, 72, 75, 71, 72, 71. Those are average temperatures, probably a little below average even. 71? Probably for the Halloween time. That's probably not that far off. It's not three or four degrees off at least. Right. I mean, but the thing is, you don't see a day in there where the high is 46. Right. And that's what we should be starting to see any time. Yeah. Once you get into November, you should be expecting a, a day in the low 40s for a high. Um, I just, I don't have any faith that anything is going to be any different. I hope I'm wrong, but I'm pretty much a pessimist, so... Yeah, 73 to 52 is average. Andy's worried about his specs up there in Canada getting shit pounded right now. They are. Everybody's posting pictures about how they're just beating my poor little speckabellies up. I'm glad they're here now. Like they can they can they can feel safe and then I just go wreck their shit next Saturday. Yeah, exactly. Um but we'll see. But it seemed like this year more and I don't know if it's just that I saw it more, so then I started keying in on it more, but it seemed like everybody up north was hitting the specs pretty hard. And the snows. And the snows. Yep. Yep. 
So I don't I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. So when do y'all start hunting up there full time? Because when we hunted in southwest Oklahoma, it is a roll your dice on what kind of winter you've had the, until after Thanksgiving. We do not guide until after the split. Okay. So, so even after the split, the first of December, because that's yep. when we used to start hunting yep. up there, whether it was the first weekend in December, that Monday or after that, or whatever it was. Correct. And they did something smart. They done away with the two week split, yes. and the one week split, which was a very smart five, move. On I think their it's part. five days now, but it used to be 12 days, right? Which was dumb as hell. Yep. But we never hunted until after that anyways. Before that, it was always a roll a die, rolling the dice. I mean, we'll go hunt with buddies or something if we have, but we're not taking clients until after right. the split. Like, we won't even open the books because, it, I mean. You're rolling the dice yeah. every year. Well, I mean, you could go find a feed and then get there in the morning and they're down here. You know? Yeah. We have the birds. That's what makes us, we're, we're very fortunate, is these calendar birds are here in right. October 15th. Right. And they're here from now on. So we know that we can be really busy before Thanksgiving. We weren't always that way, though. We always had... We a, always hunted. We always hunted opening weekend. But, right. like, we're going full, full force opening and, weekend and that's because of the uh, the early birds that we had. But we weren't always that way. I no, can remember... The last three, four, five years, it's really gotten better. When Jesse and I first moved back here after we got married in 2011, like, we would have one or two groups until November... The middle of November. 15th, 20th. Yeah. And then we started ramping up. Now, it's just... Steve Barber and them run. always hunted... Around the 16th, 15th, 16th, that Thursday and Friday, he booked the same every year. A push. And that's right when we started starting to get busy. Right. But we're busy from opening day on. We're, we're busy because we have the birds here. Right. Like I'm running, I mean, we've we got three or four different fields we can hunt every and that, day. And that's what me and Andy were talking about. Oklahoma, the first migration, the first push of birds that, that you guys get, mm-hmm. they don't even fucking stop. No, no, no. I no, mean, Oklahoma gets. Very minimal early birds. We have more early geese here in October than they do at Great Bend. Oh, 100%. At, at right. Quivera and at Cheyenne Bottoms. We'll yeah. have more geese here then because they're calendar birds. Right. And they're here every year like a deal. I set uh, yesterday when I was in the backyard and I was doing something and I had specks flying over. I mean, we Both can watch ways. them migrate, you but, know. Mm-hmm. But, but <laughs> my specks ain't migrating. They're going to feed. Right. Right. You know, and yeah. it's there's so many of them now that when they fly over, it's not usually the first of the year. I'm like, oh, let's geese. You know, you got excited. You're all excited. Right. Now, by now, it's just every day. Yeah, I mean, and they're in, and right now they're they're staying north of town a lot. But mm-hmm. we're we're ready for hunting season. We got duck season this weekend. We have ducks here. We'll see how it goes. Ducks are always hit and miss, right? Early in the year, especially yeah, early because you never know what's going to happen. We do need some winter, and hopefully it's coming. All right, how many do you shoot? Mostly the big geese. Or are you hunting small geese? We hunt a lot of small geese. You're shooting the small. That's yeah. what everybody wants to do. They need to change the limit in Oklahoma. They do. That's a lot. It is and. <sighs> It's hard because our clients come up and they're like, well, the limit's eight. Yeah. And you're like, listen, okay, if we have eight guys in the field, you're looking at shooting over 60 little Canada's plus your specs and your snows. Mm -hmm. Because most of the fields that we hunt have all three in it. Right. It just depends if the snows are going to come play or not. If you got six guys and you shoot 48 geese, are you done? Are you going to sit there to shoot specs and snows? No, we'll be done. See, that's us too. Yeah. Well, which we don't shoot that. When we go to Oklahoma, if we have eight guys – we shoot forty geese. I'm happy. I don't. I I think I wish the state of Oklahoma and the federal government would say, you know what, on these little geese, we need to make the limit five, max yeah, of five. They they need to. And you in, know. In, in any outfitter that thinks you're going to lose customers over that, you're not. No, I mean, I, tell me another state that has a limit of eight on dark geese. I'll tell you this. Well, I think Kansas does. Do they? I think so. Let me look. I, th- I think Kansas does also. I mean, I, I'm not saying it's dumb though. They it should be five bird limit. Yeah, you've had a great hunt. If you got eight guys and you kill forty birds, that's a great hunt. Yeah. Plus, 
you're get, you're out of the field earlier. Right. Those birds don't get as much pressure. Right. On and six. we as hunters, the Oklahoma, Kansas is six. Yeah. We as Oklahoma, as hunters, we need to be better stewards of the pro, of the the game ourselves. Right. We need to self impose some stuff. You know, we're only shooting a five bird limit, and that's it. We're done. Right. You know, you're not a great hunter. First of all, I'm I'm gonna pop some bubbles here on this deal. Uh oh, send Jeff all the hate yeah. mail for once. If you shoot little geese and you shoot a hundred little geese in a day, that does not make you a great hunter. No, they're the dumbest fucking birds they are when you're on the X. Right. I don't give a shit who you are. Exactly. You find a guy that's out there trying to shoot a hundred. That's hunting a field with a hundred big birds in it, and are twelve flocks of eight, and it's a little family group, and you're trying to kill those birds outside of an urban area. You are probably a better goose hunter than the guy who's shooting a hundred little geese on the X. First of all, who wants to take twenty fucking guys and try to guide that group? Yeah, you know, I mean, with I I understand it, but I personally I do not like big groups because as a guide, you got to think about all the safety shit that goes on with it, mm-hmm. and you got to have a guide on one end, possibly one in the middle, and one on the far end to try to communicate everything together so nothing gets fucked up and somebody gets hurt well but 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 the opportunity to run 12 to 16 people and shoot 100 geese right big group like that you got to be on the x and if you're on the x you're on the hot spot and when they're working they're going to work right in anyways there's nothing dumber than a big a big wad of little geese are the dumbest thing in the world because like they all i think they get in like a race with one another like i've I've got to fucking land because I've got 200 jackasses behind me. Exactly. If I don't get there first, I ain't going to get anything. But these birds, little Canada geese are the easiest thing in the world to shoot when it's going to be a hot hunt. And we've, we've been there lots and lots and lots of times. You That's can't fuck it up. People people all the time will say, yeah, but y'all don't shoot all the little geese like you used to. You think we fucking forgot what we did? Yeah. We made a living. Stanfield Hunting made our name and living shooting little geese from 1993 you know, we, we did it every fucking day. It was nothing to it. I guided. Right. I can't even blow a call and used to shoot a limit every day. Right. Those birds haven't gotten any smarter for when I was guiding the hunt. If you're on the X. Right. When you hunt the X every day, it's easy. Yeah, and then you shoot into the same group three different yeah. fucking times, right. yeah. you know, because they just come back. Yeah, they are. They're like ringnecks. Yeah. And, yep. and, and the people get mad because like, oh, you're just saying that because y'all don't kill all the little geese no more. No, it's the, it's the fact. But I'm telling you. If we would have been better stewards of our birds years ago and we would have left them alone on the roost water and done some stuff like that, we would probably still have a lot of those little geese here. That's the other and thing we, we deal with is guys fucking shooting the roost in the middle of December. Well, yeah. <laughs> and on a year like this, yeah. when water is limited as it is, yeah. you're going to no. wake up and those geese are going to be gone and they're yeah. going to go somewhere else. Yep. If you leave them birds alone on the water, them birds will stay there all year long. Yeah. But well, you've got to leave them alone on the water. And last year, was a, it was a difficult year. I mean, we... We still had our good hunts, but we had to work a lot harder for right. them. And then we were sitting in a Milo field one day, and you just hear what sounded like a war zone. Blew up. Yeah. And you watch these birds, and you can watch them going back to roost as we're picking up, and they're just getting blown the fuck Lift, out of there. Lifting up, and then yeah. you hear the gunshots. You're like, oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. Um, when water's scarce, if they – now, obviously, if they've got five or six different roosts that they can go to, it's not that big of a deal. But when you're down to one or two – yeah. And you start fucking with them, they're going to look for somewhere that they can set their ass on water and not get shot at. And that's the difference in hunting a field versus hunting water. When water's limited in our neck of the woods, Texas and Oklahoma, when you're down to one or two roosts, you can't mess with them. But there's a there's dozens of fields. So you shoot them in one field, they just go to the next one. Exactly. And it, it doesn't, you yeah. know, they're fine. Yeah. You can't, it's not the same on water. Exactly. Because, um, you know, 
I love and respect Lee Chose. Lee Chose does not like to mess with ducks in the field. Well, it makes sense because he doesn't want he he likes to he likes to hunt them on water. That way they can go feed. Well, they've got water other water where he hunts. Right. That the ducks can go, so it's not a big deal. Right. But my mindset is when I always there's only been a handful of years that I've I've felt like we're in good water shape. I don't. I mean, what three years ago? Yeah. I, you know, I felt like we were in good water shape. But like for for the majority of my hunting career, I've always oh, fuck, water, it's a sacred wa- place. Water's going to be tight. Yeah, exactly. So I, I just you can't go dicking with them when water starts going low. Right. It's and, it'll be a mess. And that's the thing that that I mean, it just drives me nuts because you know the guys that are doing it know that that they're all about today. Exactly. And that's, that's a very common deal. It's right back to the hunting public land and everything else you do about respecting your people. Yeah. You gotta respect your game. If you're a hunter and you're in the hunting business, uh, I got news for you. Unless you have, I'm going to use Tony Vandemore's example. Tony Vandemore's got a million dollar great lodge, first class deals and stuff. Yeah. His hunting's a big part of his business, 50%, but yes. the other half of it's lodging. Yeah. You know, our hunting up here, we have a nice place. We don't have a fancy lodge. We right. serve nice meals and we have great customer service. So the hunting is not all here either because people know they're going to get fed well and do some. But that guy that's guiding out of the back of a truck and his guys are sleeping at whatever local motel it is or finding a VRBO, buddy, those that, them birds are 95% of your business. Right. And if you don't take care of them, that's your best partner you got. Exactly. And that's that's the bottom line to this. You know, If you go stay at an Orvis Endorse Lodge, 10% is hunting, 90% is the, right. the, the experience. The, that's right. You know? And yeah. and that's the thing that a lot of people need to wrap their head around it. Everybody wants to do it for the the Instagram picture. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. we shot a six man limit by fucking eight o'clock this morning. You know, like sometimes you're gonna have hunts like that, but you can't expect that just because it's a guided hunt. Right. No, but that that's that's the that a lot of people do expect that. Now, and you sell hunts, people want to shoot birds and hunt. I mean, right. That's what they're doing. But you, you know? gotta. I don't have this lodge ain't full in June when there's nothing to hunt for right. a reason. <laughs> exactly. You know, I could run June specials just for lodging and meals and I'm not gonna have very many corporate groups take up on that. And I don't want to do that to myself anyways. Yeah. But I mean I'd have some guys want to just bring ten You guys like to go there. on too many vacations, don't you? Yes. Well, yes. I yes, do. he does. I don't want to be tied down to that. You started your business during the COVID year. Yeah. Talk about a fucking that had to be Yeah. It was because you quit your one job or you got fired, you got laid off from your one job? So I had a Another business that I owned for uh, mobile repairs on semis and equipment and shit like that, and I lost four contracts, four right. four big contracts, and then it was like, okay, well, nobody's wanting to spend any money, mm-hmm. and the trucking industry kind of shut down, so to speak, for a little bit, and so we went ahead and just hung that idea up, and I'd been doing that for you know a little over a year and a half probably at that time, and then... uh me and my buddy Travis, we decided we'd go ahead and do this. And hell, I had all the time in the world to right. sit around and plan and do whatever the fuck we needed to do because I wasn't working. And then about three months after we, you know, formed the LLC and did all that, all that stuff, and uh, I went back to work, and uh, we just kind of went from there. During the COVID, the we had a handful of clients. Mm-hmm. Most of them are still like, well, what kind of protocol do you have? Do I have to have a test? Do I have? And I'm like, no, we're not worried about that here. Right. But they didn't want to leave and and risk it, I yeah. guess, so to speak. It, I mean, my hat's off to you. You know, you 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 braved the the storm. It was it couldn't have been an easy year to start a business. No, it was not. 
It was I not. can't imagine anybody starting in the waterfowl business now. I just so different than what it was before. Uh, this would be a tough game to get into today. Well, the the one benefit is, I mean, El Reno hadn't always had this massive amount of birds, has it? Uh, I grew up years ago. I grew up hunting around. I mean, I don't know about 15 years ago, but I mean, even from when I was in like junior high, mm-hmm. middle school, junior high, I mean, we always shot birds around Reno. You know, I just don't think that there was the number of people that knew about, knew it. about it. When we first started hunting Oklahoma, which would have been what, 13? I think we went up there in 12. Okay, 12. We started hunting up there in that. So 10 years, right? 19 years in Oklahoma. Oklahoma has transitioned into drama central with the guides. Oh my goodness! It's absolutely <laughs> ridiculous. They have bypassed Lubbock, Texas, maybe. And so it's 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 all around us. We don't have to deal with that shit, right? I mean, we had one incident, but those we kind of knew those guys outside of there, and we didn't have any issues, right? But I there mean, wasn't any when we went up there. There was very few outfitters. Yeah. When we hunted, when we started hunting around Hobart, there wasn't nobody else really around Hobart. Oh right? my god! And now it's it's there's six, seven, eight different guys hunting out there, and I'm just and I know. Why those guys have a lot of bad hunts because there's not the birds there for yeah. the number of people that are trying to hunt there. And then there's a there's a there's a stash down at Frederick that hunts, you know, that's yep. that area. Yep. Then you got Hobart's got a deal. Then you yep. go to Fort Cobb and there's a bunch of people. Oh my then god. Then you get up around El Reno, there's a bunch of people. Then you get around Perry and there's a big group of people. Yeah. And then you get up around the, the Salt Plains. Plains. And so it's that is a shit show and a half up but, there. But all of those places are just and it's a willy nilly deal. Yeah. And it's it's absolutely. I, I feel sorry for the game wardens that work up there. They do. Them people get called out all the time because those yeah. guys, those and, guys, and they can't go work. back and forth on the internet, yeah. shit talking each other. They and can't it, work together. Yeah, that's what blows my mind. It would make everybody's life so much easier if you could just communicate and work with somebody. Yes, it does. It makes. I would get difference. on Facebook every night just to see what happened in Oklahoma. Oh my god, dude! Like 2015, 16. Yeah. I'm like, I could get on. I gotta see what happened. And last it's the night. guys in the north talking shit, or you know, the guys in the south part of the state talking shit on the guys in the north part of the state, and they're not even. And we do have like guide services from northern Oklahoma that come down, and we'll run into them scouting or something. Mm-hmm. This year, you think it was bad before? This year, yeah. those birds with the food situation that is are going to go to some areas, and they're going to get pressured out of there, and they're going to go to another there, and, and people are going to move with those birds. Yeah, it's going to be a. And there's not a lot of hotels down there. <laughs> no. So, well, it, it's El Reno be, has like seven now. Well, but, but but I'm talking about when you get south of El Reno. Yeah. That I mean, little area, Mount Altus and stuff, mm-hmm. is going to be a hotbed for a lot of fighting going on this year. There's already fighting going on down there. And, and it's going to be a rough year for a lot of people because of the lack of water. Yep. And that can change in a day. We always forget about that. We had a year here one time. We were really dry, and at Thanksgiving, we had about eight inches of rain Thanksgiving night and thunderstorms. Really? And all of a sudden, the first two weeks were a struggle. After that, it was as good as it's ever been because everything filled up overnight. And it's going to happen. Some places you just got to be there. I year. I do. I bet went, there were some bitchy guides having. If we got that much rain at Thanksgiving, I would not be fun to do. There deal was with. nobody bitching because we had all our water back. Everybody was happy. But how dry were we? We were, we were down to pumping water. Oh. The units had water on it. A little bit worse than we are now. And I had the the water hole had water bottom. How long did they have to like shuttle shit in? Oh, it dries out pretty fast because of the sand. <sighs> I'm talking about with <sighs> but we had sheet water we dealt with all year long, and that wasn't the only rain. We had rain like that all season once it started raining. But we, we went, had that one year but, uh where sheet water was everywhere. Yes. We went from So I guess it wasn't that bad. We we went though 
I'm telling you, Thanksgiving night, we went to Hebert's for Thanksgiving. Yeah. And it started storming at her house. And we drove home. Like storming, storming? Storm, or? Thunderstorm. Severe thunderstorms, hail, rain. Right. It rained. Mom got because her pumpkins were getting the hell beat at them. But it was last night. I mean, we were done with them. It was Thanksgiving. But it rained that night. And we had eight inches of rain that night. It stormed all Jeez. night long. I went scouting that day. And we had been, we were already hunting all the way west to six. And the birds were scattered everywhere. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden, Went right back Winchester was loaded. Right, everything was on Winchester, but it was overnight, so it it can happen, and right. it will happen somewhere. And I hope it's us that has it. So that's just me being selfish. <laughs> yeah, you hope it's you. I hope it's me. Exactly. Jojo, that's listening to this in Nebraska, hopes it's him. Everybody does. All right. Well, we have we have, Look, I give. Uh, where can people get a hold of you? Yes. If they want to go to El Reno to hunt with you, where how can they get a reach you? So we have a Facebook page and an Instagram page. It's Southern Migration Outdoors. Uh, my number is on the Facebook page, and then. I don't think the number's on the Instagram. I'll have to go back and look. Right. But you can you can get our number on on uh, Facebook to well, call listen, us. Listen, it's it's been a lot of fun talking to you. It's uh the uh, the passion that you have. I think you're. I think you, this this is gonna be something that you do for a long time. So that's good to see from a lot of young people. And it sounds like you're doing it the right way. So yeah. Um. Good luck to you this hunting season and shoot them up. If there's anything we never ever do for you in the future, just let us know. All right. Thank you, guys. It's been a pleasure. All right. Goodbye, everybody. Uh, peace out god bless have a great week be safe that was it all right ladies and gentlemen you need to go set up a hunt proof app keep track of all of your hunts easily go set it up huntproof.com or huntproof app in the app store uh looking glass podcast alpha outdoor specialties bangtail whiskey stanfield hunting outfitters dirty duck coffee ducks unlimited uh double t british kennels we've actually got dogs here now Lucky Duck, Shin Gear Waiters, Gun Dog Outdoors, Pacific Calls, Dive Bomb Industries, and Boss Shot Shells.